1: Thank you, sponsors. Thank you. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to 2020. The first episode to go down in 2020. And we're stoked to be here with... Jeff Yokoyama. Right.
0: Thank you. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Got Got it. Got it?
1: So, for those of you who don't know who Jeff Yokoyama is... Holy shit. You're going to find out right now. <laughs> this guy, I don't know, you've you've been involved and created some of the most iconic brands yep. in surf, culture. skate, action sports culture, and uh, pretty much, I think you would probably, if people were to say you're the... Kevin Bacon
0: of the surf industry. Yeah,
1: that's a nice one. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right? Mm-hmm. You
0: age well like a glass of wine. You look, you oh, look, you look great. You look fit. You look, uh, yeah, you look youthful. Work, Work's probably keeping you busy. It
2: was, yeah, it has been. And thanks for um, having me here today. Yeah. Appreciate it.
1: So, Jeff, real quickly, before we dive into... Your history. The history, tell us your body of work. Like, give us your
2: quick... Oh, gosh. Okay, yeah. When uh, 1980, um, I was 24 years old. I was a hairdresser at that time, and um, that's when I started a brand called Maui and Sons. It was going to be a cookie that's right, company.
1: People. Maui and Sons.
0: <laughs> Everybody listening has had a piece of clothing from Maui and Sons for sure. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Sorry for cutting and you off. But no,
1: that's okay.
2: Um, we we wanted to do Grandma Maui Hawaiian style cookies, but we burnt the first batch, and <laughs> we thought, you know, we're we're not we're not cookie makers, but. We Originally, in, it was going to be a cookie factory? It was going to be a cookie company, yeah.
1: What the hell? Maui & Sons was going to be a cookie factory. Yeah. Wow. And we had
2: the cookies all named after different cities in Maui. So the Makawao would be upcountry, which would be more of the nuts and granola type of cookie. And then the Lahaina would be where all the people got married all the time. So it, it would be the wedding cookie. And my grandma ran the poi factory in Wailuku. So the Wailuku was the thumbprint cookie. And uh, Haleakala was the volcano cookie, the cookie that was triple chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And wow. Um, so you know, my dad was born and raised on on uh, Maui, and um, we wanted to lead, <coughs> excuse me, lead back to um, that heritage, but also the lifestyle of what it was like. Gosh. It, maybe 80 years ago that's so crazy
0: so who had cooking or like uh, baking um, these
2: were all grandma maui's um recipes recipes, yeah cool so So it was grandma's and but we tagged it with the names and things like that so but um we were living in cdm in a three-bedroom house um on dahlia street and we thought, why don't we start our little business out of this house here. Um, Luckily for us, the rent was uh, a grand total of $450 for a three bedroom, (laughs) two bath, and this is in 1980. Um, I was 24 years old, as I mentioned, and we didn't know diddly about um, making clothes or becoming a business, so we just, figured, you know what, why don't we just try it? And I lived at the time with a guy named Rick Rietfeld. And the Rick artist. Rietfeld is the artist yeah. that um, amazing. produced amazing piece. of work. Every single day I was in his room. I'd wake him up at 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. would go surf, but then we'd also hang back out for the whole entire day and coming up with concepts and ideas. So it was you so. and he that started uh-huh.
1: Malian Sense.
2: And then I needed about um, 3500 bucks because I bought some fabric at a, at a fabrics show. They were just starting to co- have shows, and I thought, okay, yeah, I'll buy some Madras plaid fa- fabric from India, and nobody, nobody knew what India was. Yeah. Nobody knew what Madras plaid was. You couldn't go on the internet. And there was no yeah. Yeah, source there was that. No internet or anything. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, we we gave the guy a thousand bucks for a retainer hold, and three months later goes by, and my um, my partner looked at me and he goes, "You you just got." taken for whatever amount of money that we had into yeah. it and then about a day or two later um the fabric showed up <gasps> at our back door wow. and i just went oh shit and we opened it it smelled like gasoline or kerosene it was in burlap bags and we cut them all off and we opened them up they were 24 inch wide goods and which really short but um and then when we unrolled it and laid out our patterns on just to make one it shrunk probably 50% so our <laughs> patterns and everything needed to be adjusted which we didn't know anything about also yeah. but long story short we we started building the product um, and took it to Hobie sports took it to Newport Surf and Sport Paul Hughes and Stan saw it RB saw it here in CDM and um, we also sold it to ease and the first delivery, everything was sold in in like three days. Holy crap! Man. We went. What did you make? Board we shorts? made we made elastic waistband shorts okay. and t-shirts. Yeah, and the Maui logo was the cookie logo, basically. Got it. Got it. It just didn't have Grandma's name on it. It didn't say Hawaiian style. It said um, Maui and Sons.
1: Okay. Sorry to like
2: totally. To
1: yeah, I get totally. <laughs> let, let me flip this. Because I, I want to go to each thing chronologically and cool. and, um, and then talk and, about it. and talk about it right. each way. So, run off all the brands that you've been involved with. After
2: and Sons, we started a brand called um, Pirate Surf. That was in '89.
1: Revolutionary. Yeah, oh, thank
2: you. And then from there, we um, sold that to Quicksilver in the '90s, and then. Um, I left there after about a year and then started a brand called Modern Amusement and Modern Revolutionary. Amusement, <laughs> modern Amusement, we sold mostly in Japan at that time. And then, um, in between there, there was a time where I worked at Stussy and um that was in 94 somewhere in between there and at that time sean was about ready to leave and they were grooming me to take sean's spot um but after a year and a half sean left frank which was sean's partner said hey are you ready to drop in and i just said no you know i paddled out but i'm not ready to take off yet and (laughs) he goes oh oh god and I said, you know, there's only one Sean Stucy. And um, I'm not able to fulfill his shoes. Yeah, He's remarkable how good he is. Uh, and then spending that year and a half with him, that's a whole nother story. Yeah. That would blow your minds, too, and probably blow your audience's mind. Put
0: it in a way. We, we, we want to get on, uh, get him on here, too. Yeah, For sure, but we're yeah. going to hear the story now, I know. too. I know. Yeah. So this is epic.
2: And so after that... Um, I sold Modern Amusement about 14 years ago to um, Mossimo. And Mossimo took Modern Amusement um, to the main market and it exploded, a lot of people liked it. Um, But as in some of the things that the the market was doing and then also the way that Moss ran this particular business, it changed. On him, and um, he, um, I believe, has licensed it now to Mm PacSunWay. That was the time where there was a transition from me selling it to working for about six months with them up in Santa Monica and then um, having John Moore come in, which you yeah. spoke with before, mm-hmm. um, and I left probably after <coughs> a couple months into that um, transition. Um, and then I thought that I needed to change the way I, I was, and then also change the way that I designed and change the way that I sell and make. So I came up with the thing, design different, make different, and sell different and make different or design different would be um, to design from things that are already here. Make different, make it in your own shop and make it by hand and make one piece at a time and, and sell, sell direct to the end user. So I dropped off of the whole circuit. about. 14-15 years ago, and I, I saw something last night that kind of reminded me of my thanks back to this industry, and that was um, seeing Renee Zellrigger I got her name wrong. <laughs> she was, she was, Golden standi- Globes. Yeah, standing up in front, and she won a Golden Globe, um, and she said. Thank you for inviting me back. (laughs) And, you know, she's been away basically for 17 years. She had some different things that happened in her journey of doing... Being uh, an actress. uh, actress. And um, I had a lot of similarities of things over the last 14 years. Yeah. By jumping off of of uh, the circuit and then also jumping off of the 405 because I swore I would never get on the 405
0: again to do um, the back and forth. And, um. Lucky you. <laughs> yeah, qu- <laughs> yeah, quality of life. I mean, that, yeah. that wears you down and, you know, ugh, no 405 for... If, yeah. you,
1: if you could pull something off like that, then...
2: That's what we tried, and yeah. you know, there was a lot of humble pie, and there was a lot of pushing a rock up a hill all by yourself. There was a lot of moments where, are we doing the right thing? There was a lot of um, months without a paycheck. Um, so, you know, a lot of things. And But she said that, her partner said, um, just do the work, and that's basically what we've been doing. We stuck to ourselves. Um and we've been doing the work with the Yoki's garden project that we do, okay. the Yoki's shop project that we do, and then the Mutual Aloha project that I do. Yeah. So all three of them we owned, we started all three of them um, about 14 years ago, and each one has a, a spot in the market that has been very elusive to a lot of people in our industry. Yeah. Um, we thought that there would be more people following of some of the things that we had entered into over the years, but we noticed that everyone else was doing a race to the bottom. Yep. We were doing a race of just staying above water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's it's hard to tr- tread water for 14 years, but <laughs> um, shit, we're glad we did because I couldn't compete with trying to be the lowest price point out right. in the market. Yep. Uh, and the first to the market i couldn't compete and fast fashion was just taking over the world the world
0: it yeah. was yeah so it seems like it's kind of come come back a little bit where it, i don't know I, I have a wife and a daughter and it you know fast fashion they were they were biting on for a while now. i mean everyone but, was i mean but you know it comes down to you know perceived value and quality and you know I'd rather have something really good that's going to last and You know versus this being you know disposable wear that's what we called it
2: exactly yeah well that's what we think 2020 is going to be the start of is more people being socially conscious of what they do and how they consume and what they throw away and um because we've noticed an increase of people on our website but also the increase of people just yeah. Recognizing
1: that yeah. we are here, yeah, yeah. and so. doing better and all that, yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah we, we we try to promote on our on our show, you know, shop locally and and support your local mm-hmm. retailers because, you know, thank to, you. Yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> you know, it's just one because you know there's a you know what they involve in on the community and what they stand for, but you know there's a lot of uh, big trucks driving around these streets, dropping, dropping boxes off at every house, and that's that's Amazon's- putting a, that's putting a strain on. Yeah you know brick and mortar everything not yeah. just that but the environment it's just yeah it's a lot of waste yeah we see it yeah,
2: yeah. a lot of waste and out we're there. guilty of it too watching it but also participating there yeah we're it's not perfect no not perfect. it's hard not to
0: yeah you know if i forget a triple a battery i'm not gonna run you know <laughs> across town to go grab it i'm gonna push a button it's gonna show up in my house you're part of the problem i am <laughs> yeah. not not in everything just certain things yeah but um so so
1: now that we've heard your body of work, which is amazing, right? right? Let's go back to the beginning and um, tell us about where you grew up, where you grew up and how you got into surfing.
2: I grew up in a small little town in Glendale. I was born and raised there in 1955. I was born. Um, Glendale. Glendale, California. Wow. okay. Yeah. A nice area it was yeah at that time it was the best part of my life was there um, but w- what took place with with the um, growing up there is we're fortunate to be in so many different things of different decades that in the 50s I didn't recognize a lot of things but when I was um 10 it was 65 and in 65 there's uh, the beatles and there was um bands like the stone but uh, uh, more than just bands it was it was a time where culture like, life was like amazing <laughs> i mean it was i mean i don't want to say that it was perfect it was like it but Disneyland was happening, and and White Picket Fence, and and dogs barking, and riding your stingray, and skateboarding, and putting wheels and uh, clay wheels on different things, it was the and then boom, and then into urethane wheels, and and yeah. you know a variety of things. But suburbia, yeah, I was bitching. Yeah, I was just bitching. summer nights, I I I. As I got older, I was a um, usher at the Greek Theater. I saw Neil Diamond do Hot August Nights. I saw Gladys Knight in The Pips. I saw Chicago. Saw Carol King. Saw and. All of it was because we just said your seats over there <laughs> and seats over there, and then you'd sit there and you'd sit on the steps and watch these concerts. I mean, Lou Rawls and, and uh, you name some of the bands and the groups and the individuals. That what a great that job, thing. huh? It was freaking insane, yeah. and and you'd go with your girlfriends that were at in high school with you. You're a rock star, uh, and we yeah, it felt and it was just. Somewhat of the beginning of such a cool um, era, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, music, art. Yeah, music and art was all I wanted to do. Yeah, it was crazy. Oh well, I wanted to skateboard too, which we did, and we we did downhill skating. Yeah, a lot yes, of hills right. in uh, yeah. Glendale yeah.
0: Like that
1: area. So, is that what uh, your first uh, passion was, skateboarding?
2: Yeah, pretty much so because we couldn't, we didn't have a way to the beach nor did we have um the money to buy a surfboard yeah you know so so poor fam semi-poor family or no my dad was my dad was a dentist Okay, he came from maui went to usc dental school and then got met my mom and they got married and by the time i was five years old they were divorced okay so um there was hardship early on because being a minority back then, yeah. um, a lot of people wondered what, who, and what I was. I was only about get that four time, feet man. tall, <laughs> and and you know, but I was just into everything. I loved sports. I loved being able to yeah. um, ride my Stingray. I'd I'd ride that bike everywhere and try to set records for myself. My personal best was climbing these hills and I'd go, oh God, I, but I, would, I didn't have a stopwatch. Yeah. I would just count it off as I was pedaling up the hill because we, back then we'd have to pedal back and forth to keep the momentum going. Yeah, we yeah. weren't, there was no gears. just yeah, no yeah. just like go straight and climb. But there were so many things that happened to us in those days. Um, that were great too you know I we used to play fiddle faddle in my best friend's pool for all day yes we didn't we got out just because we needed to get
1: out yeah so so you you were into skateboarding your parents divorced early did you live with your mom or dad my mom okay
2: yeah and the reason and the reason why my my parents are both got parents divorced, Japanese yeah, or from Hawaii. Both Japanese, okay. yeah. Is <clears throat> because I had a younger brother and he passed away. He mm. choked on an apple when I, he was when I was uh, four. He was two, and they they just couldn't hang together after that. Uh. It was a really sad sad time. Wow, um, sorry to hear about that. But thank you. Yeah. But those things taught me a lot about how, how, um, how fast things can change. Yeah. Yeah. And And how precious You're four years old? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so, anyway, um...
0: Don't hold back. Live every day.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. That's, that's what basically I've tried to do for all my life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, when did, uh, surfing come into play?
2: Well, my mom was a Girl Scout leader. Um, my sister had the group of girls that were her friends from the neighborhood she was two years older than I were, was and we'd go to Gaviota every summer as a girl scout leader my mom yeah. would drive us up there and the other leader would drive another group of girls up there and we'd stay and camp for a week well I had no idea what the Gaviota was at that time. I was all of maybe 13 years old. And as we were walking on the beach, my friend, which was the son of the other Girl Scout leader, we were walking north up the beach. And um, it goes in and out. That coastline is just absolutely fantastic. But the tide was super low, so we just kept on walking and walking and then when we turned around thinking that tide had come up and when it comes up there it rushed right to the edge of the mountain (laughs) and it was like five feet of water and it's like why am I a short break just you know And, and so we thought how in the heck are we going to get back and we he looked at me and I looked at him and I go there's a drain pipe let's climb up on the drain pipe and that way we could get traction climbing up the drain pipe and we got to the top there was a flat road and at that moment when we got to the top there was a 990 pink harbor surfboard stashed next to the drain pipe that we climbed up like somebody the, left it like just because they didn't to want to stay back. They stashed it, stash it yeah. there because that's how they could they could get into the ranch and they knew where their board was, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they hike in and they didn't want to hike in all and that distance. We must have been at um the first break there, which is I forgot the name of it, but um people on the ranch would know what, what that first break is and we got to the top of that 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 hill and um, we pulled the board out and we carried it all the way back, <laughs> all the way back on the road carrying it on our, he- so on on our head. So you stole somebody's board. We took the board. We borrowed it. We <laughs> had no, we, you know, stealing, stealing wasn't even in yeah. our vocabulary. Yeah. You, was, you
1: just, you found it. You found it. We found yeah. it. Yeah, you
2: found it. We walked into camp saying we found
3: it.
0: Yep. But prior to that, you, you did, did find it though. Yeah, we I did. mean. But prior to that... you're a 13-year-old kid. Have you, like, you saw, watched surfing, any movies, or you kind of... You Wide world of sports was the only yeah. thing
2: that we could watch. We yeah. had nine channels back then. It was yeah. Yeah. 2, four, five, seven, nine, 11, and 13. And they and never it, really had surfing. Never. And there and was there, nobody... What they did, it was the helicopters, and it was yeah. just smearing off, and yeah. it was this and that. And we we're like, whoa, fuck.
0: But when you guys were walking the coast, there was no surfers out anywhere. It's the ranch.
2: We didn't even look. Yeah. We, we we weren't aware of any of that. Yeah, you were
0: cruising tadpools tadpoles. And so when
2: we finally got back into camp, we kept the board. And then we. there's was a wash that runs out into the ocean there. And we rode the board down the wash. We didn't paddle out. Hey. Hey. How's Hello.
0: Going? Hey, what's up? Hey, man. Hang on, on
1: one you? second. No worries. No worries. And we're back. So you're... You and your buddy yeah, found a board, wa- <laughs> took it back to camp. You knew what it was. A surfboard? Yes. We had no idea what it was. Never we been we surf- knew it was
2: a surfboard. You never surfed no. or... No. Like I said, my cousins surfed and stuff like that, but we never were invited to go. Yeah. And when you live in Glendale, I remember we won... I got into high school, I said, well, shoot, why don't we go and ride our bikes to Santa Monica and see what how far it is. And we went down Wilshire and got there in I don't know how many hours. And we are like, that wasn't that bad. And then we rode home. <laughs> but surfing was always something that we were around because we were from the 60s in 65, 66, 67, 68. And we watched... Um, Things like the Beach Boys come around, and then my cousin had skimboards, and we're like drenched the lawn that he had at his house, and we'd skimboard at his house on the lawn, <laughs> and we'd only go from here to maybe ten feet away, but yeah. we're we were basically surfers. So yeah, so <laughs> the best part about this, this story, so where great. we're leading up, is when I got back to Glendale, my best friend john the guy that had the swimming pool his older brother was four years older than us and maybe a little bit older five years older than us and he is like i got my girlfriend and i are going to cardiff and we go well where's cardiff yeah Yeah. and he goes long ways we're going to cardiff we're going to camp down there and um do you guys want to go with us We'll take your board he had a board and then my best friend John he got a board and his was and then there was one other friend of ours his name was Gordy and Gordy had a Russell back there and it was squash with a V bottom and it was about an eight six John had one of Nick's older board which was he wrote Jacob's only back then and um, so he said we'll we'll load up my van and we went along with the song load up of the woody with the boards inside and heading off singing that song and it was exactly that but he had a cassette thing not a cassette but an 8 track -track, thing and a Credence Clearwater would play. He had a van, Econoline van, the ones that like Nos would ride around in right now. Yeah. It was fully carpeted, wood paneled walls and. A stabbing cabin. It was a stabbing (laughs) cabin and it was like, don't, you know, come a knocking if this van is rocking, you know, all of that. All of those things for a 14 year old to get in the car in the middle of the night, Nick would leave. And say, we're leaving at 2. Wow. And we said, all right, frick, we're going. And my mom goes, I don't know, so sure you should. <laughs> and I go, no, I'm going. I'm going. <laughs> so we jumped in the van, and we'd sleep on the way down. We'd get into. Never surfing at all yet, right? No. Nah. Okay. And we had our boards, no wetsuits. We couldn't afford any of that. What well, time of year? One, and we, he would drive us through he'd pull off on it must have been well he'd pull off sometimes at birmingham which was cardiff but he would pull off before that so that we could actually go through uh, lacadia and Antonidas, and then into Long the coast yeah, cardiff. yeah and lacadia there was a thing where the lights were like yellow and when we saw those lights yellow we are like we're here, we're here. <laughs> and then we'd always drive by and I remember the surf cleaners sign down there and we'd go down where moonlight was and we'd drive back up and get to where Swami's was he'd pull into Swami's no cars there sun was coming up and he'd go oh my god you guys ready to go surfing where are like yeah we're ready to go surfing <laughs> we had no idea what it was all about and how to do it wow and he goes we'll drive we'll drive down to cardiff inwood park in cardiff there was only dirt there was that parking lot that everyone parks in there is the same land that we parked in yeah and we we're 14 years old and we stayed there for two or three days during the summer and we would practice surfing. So we'd paddle out in the white water and it broke. used to break out at tippers out there and it'd just come rolling in (coughs) and we'd catch foam wave after foam wave after foam wave and we stood up probably not the first time but real first day first, first day yeah. we were frick and we figured out that I was regular foot and my uh, <laughs> buddy John was goofy and, and Gordy was goofy also and like yeah we're going left we're going right and you know all the t- all the chatter yeah. everything and it was
1: you guys were s- surf stoked
2: fucking amazing <laughs> yeah. sorry man it was yeah. no we cut. We love to cuss on the show we, lo- we yeah. love to hear the surf stoked stories it was so yeah first yeah. The craziest time of my life.
1: So uh, your your mom let you go. Yeah. You're 14 no phones, years old. But no Just an adventure no. like
0: How old was going down driving not knowing, you know, where Cardiff is, knowing surf nothing. Yeah. It's like everything was new and exciting. Everything. Yeah. And so we'd go across the
2: street because we were hungry and um we didn't have a whole heck of a lot of money, but Nick would say go get the hot dogs. So we'd go into the supermarket there, but prior to that, in the morning, we'd eat at VG Donuts, which is still still there, there yeah. And we'd go out and climb the hill at Tippers, and there's a campsite San Alejo, I think yep. it's called. Yeah, still there. And there was people there that had barbecues or fires going. We'd go cam- we go, Kim, we. We, our your fire. <laughs> <I swear laughs> about, we had no buns we had no mustard or no ketchup and it was just a hot dog yeah. and we <laughs> were like we're on the insane! and Captain Kino's was there and would go in there and they had a they also had a uh, you know eat all you can eat type of restaurant there and but it was it, it wasn't yeah. about eating or anything <laughs> yes. else it was about paddling out and we paddled out. Finally, we got to the point where we were able to surf out at the out at the point out there. And then we also surfed Swamis at Glass Off. So you guys
1: and, started doing that
2: every weekend or yeah. what? Nice. Yeah, during the summer. Month. How old was
1: Nick? He was five years old. He you? must
2: have been 20. Okay. And he had a girlfriend named Rhonda. I mean, help me, Rhonda. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was... I mean, it, I mean, you couldn't make this shit up. It was, it was just freaking fantastic. And so... To have a, the ability for one to to do that, and then also to um, have the opportunity of still be doing it, it's something else. Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: So, so you got into surfing. Did you start? Did you get another board?
2: Um, yeah. Um, don't know when my mom sold that thing, but she said we're getting rid of this board, and I wasn't. I didn't know she was basically (laughs) getting but we were in the times of transition so 68 69 that's a 68 Weber performer with a paisley deck and look at how wide they are and then I remember going into and it must have been Jack's and they had the Weber Pig in there and it's a single fin but also it's 5'6 and it was like yeah that's, that's <laughs> the shit I'm going to ride. Yeah. And the Weber pig and then we saw the transition of the sure. longboards to the semi longboards and the shapes of them changed from 5050 and changed just everything was changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the glassing was different and, the light names and lighter are lighter and you get boards narrow boards you get like that's a stussy for Russell and You'd have the Yater, which we never heard of, but we we saw boards like that. Um, but up and down the coast, it was happening. Yeah, it was just like on. It was. So on. you were
1: about what fourteen and fifteen, sixteen, yeah. and then
2: yeah. and then we got our license and we started going on our own. We'd yeah. go, We'd surf County Line. We'd surf Malibu. We'd surf, because Glendale was pretty central from both All the spots. spots. Yeah. yeah. Um, up north and in in the winter months, up in Rincon, I mean, it's any of those spots. Did, yeah. you,
0: did you start getting like surf mags and knowing when the waves were good and better up and down the coast? Like, we we just started getting into.
2: You just um, hear about
0: a spot and go. Yeah, because coming from
2: Glendale, um, we it, it, here's how kooky we were. We would go. let's just say we'd go to Huntington and surf yeah we had it was the cliffs and we'd park on the street and there's no other like grassy area sidewalk a fence and then stairways down it was just the cliff yeah and you just would go down paddle out come back go back up the cliff get in your car and go home and um, when we Got in the car, we dried off, but we kept our wetsuits on. <laughs> we're like, we're driving home. We got to show everybody in Glendale that we went surfing today. Yeah. <laughs> we you would have out. been Kook of the Day posts uh, every day. It uh, would, we would have been Kook of the Day. Basically. So, as far as getting into knowing anything about the tides, uh. or no, we just knew that when we got home, we were. You want to drive through town yeah. with your boards yeah. out.
0: Yeah. Board and out the back or on the roof. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Yeah. All of that. And yeah. and that's when we, I mean, we we're interested in girls, too. Yeah. Yeah. So those, uh, those, you can't make it up, like I say. It, yeah. Was, yeah. it was just stages. And it was so innocent back then because um, we'd go up to, like, the girls that lived in the rich area and we knew them, and we dated them. We were brought up on uh, our our junior high school was called Roosevelt, and it junior high I think went from seventh, eighth, and ninth. Yep. And then high school went from tenth, eleven to 12th. twelve. Yep. And oh my gosh, when we got into tenth grade, we just thought that you know our hair got longer, and I always wanted to play football though, so that I I started playing football and. Missed some of the summer surfing sessions, but my hair had to go short. I had to change disciplines, so to speak. It was you know it was different than surfing. Yeah, for surfing sure. Surfing was just double shaka <laughs> Yeah, and um, a little more free spirited on your own
0: schedule. Yeah, and then
2: when we had the chance also to go to Hawaii during one of those summers to stay with my grandma in Maui and. We went around the whole island and surfed different spots. I don't think we surfed Piha. Um,
0: yeah. You didn't surf Jaws. <laughs>
2: no, we didn't surf <laughs> Jaws. No, but that uh, the Honolulu, Honolulu Bay, yeah, the bay. But no, we we paddle out in these little. We just I, you coming from California, and especially from Glendale, yeah. you just drive around the island and you just park, and there's this little beach break and it's about two feet. Yeah. And it's just rolling in. So, what?
1: When was your first trip to Maui? As uh, a nineteen seventy, as a surfer,
2: as somewhat of a surfer, but more of a like <clears throat> just visiting fam. Yeah, yeah, visiting fam. And we'd get off the airplane, and your bags were like. Stacked over here on the on the tarmac. There was no terminal yeah. really, like Long say. Beach back in the day. And same with you fly to Maui and you land there.
1: Definitely, there was no terminal yeah. or anything. You know, Maui was a, a trip. So when when you finally started surfing and you're like, okay, I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I want to get on my own There's, board. You know, I'm gonna go to Maui and visit the family. You know, th- those were your. Was that like your first surf trip?
2: My first surf trip was the trips to Cardiff and Swamis and places like that. Yeah, yeah. That was the biggest thing for us. And my first time away from home, I graduated high school in '73, and I moved to Honolulu in '70 summer of '73. Wow. Okay. And um, I was 17 years old. Had a one-way ticket. Had my skateboard, that was just, I mean, in no professional wheels or anything. It was just a, a board with, you know, trucks and yeah, some to to be yeah. yeah, urethane wheels or clay. We had urethane, okay, then. and then um, I got off the plane. We did not get picked up by any relatives. We took a cab into Waikiki, and and we were dropped off. And we had no idea where to be dropped off. Who's we? Um, my buddy and okay. I from high school. And um, it basically it was on the corner of Kawakawa and Ala Moana. So Ala Moana would run this way out to the airport and you'd get like Ala Moana shopping center and, and bowls and, bowls, and, and yeah. you know b- big rights and stuff like that. But then you'd come to Kawakawa, it shoots up this way. There's lures, and lures had a break out in front, and then everywhere. Fort Derusi had breaks out in front, and, and the Royal Hawaiian had breaks, and every everything yeah. was right there. Yeah. We're like,
3: yes.
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs> we what boards to, did you bring? No, no boards. No boards. No board, yeah. And so we got off, and we got, we got right there, there was a hotel slash apartment. And we walked in there, and we said, hey, do you have a room for the night? And the lady goes, we have a um, room for the month? And I go, how much is it? And she told us, and I looked at my friend, and I go, it's like half of our money. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, yeah, yeah, but we could stay here for a month, right? I said, yeah, let's do it. So we're on the third floor of this place called the Holly something, and it was right on the front side of eggs and things and we had no idea what eggs and things was either but so we'd come downstairs but coming home at night because we'd go back up a little we'd go downstairs and we rode our skateboards down Kawakawa. he rode on one side of the street and I rode on the other and we stopped into every little shop and restaurant and stuff and met at the end and he goes, "Yeah, you get something." I go, "Yeah, I think the guys from Jolly Roger wants me to come back and no shit because there's a Jolly Roger over here that wants me to come back." <laughs> My friend was saying that to me and I said, "Well, what are you going to do?" And he goes, "So I'm going to get a job." And I said, "All right, let's go get jobs." <laughs> the one next way, day, one-way
0: tickets, get to get a month accommodation. $86.
2: Yeah. 86 so I had 160 bucks in my pocket and he did too. So it was 86, 86, and that was, we're in. That was a lot we're, of money back then. It was a shitload of dough. Yeah. And we're just like. How, how
1: did you come up with that dough?
2: Well, we worked at um, a place called the Red Carpet Liquor, and we used to deliver liquor as miners <laughs> at Christmas time from this place. So, yeah, we'd get cases and put them in our car because they'd phone in their order and we'd deliver ice bags of ice and stuff. And I had a Volkswagen back then, and we just rah, rah, and motored around, That's no, so awesome. no, you know, GPS or anything. And they just they tip t- you get
0: hourly and a well, tip too, tip. yeah. yeah. And
2: they tipped you. So yeah. anyway, we we did that, and I also ushered, but that was for free. And you know, just stuff being high school kids yeah, I mean there was yeah. nobody saying you know that you had to do yeah. internships just stay out you, of trouble you, do whatever just <laughs> go and have a good time so if you really look back at some of the timing and I just talked to my friend John he goes you know that it was 50 years ago because I'm 64 now and I was 14 then Yeah. and to think back it was 50 years ago basically in Hawaii they 50 years ago in Cardiff, Encinitas, Lacadia, Pipes, Swamis, Beacons. I mean, you just... We named that one Grandview place as Potato Patch or because somebody named it that before us, but it was on that street Grandview and you'd go up the ice plant and you come over and it was just beach. Yeah. Like, holy shit. And yeah. no one around. I mean, there was killer Small waves. little shacks yeah. on like for stores on the coast highway, no, nothing big, you yeah. know, so, but those, those, a long time ago, and those were the days, yeah. I mean, then.
1: So, so you and your buddy head off to Hawaii, how, uh, how long did you guys stay there? He, he split after about
2: six months, I think, Okay. and then I stayed there for about three years. Wow.
0: Yeah. <laughs> same same place, move around, upgrade? Oh, I moved around. Yeah,
2: yeah because we, after we got jobs there, we started getting in the circuit of restaurants, yeah. and there was like three or four other ones that we wanted to upgrade to yeah. work there. And I worked at this one called Rex and Eric's, and Rex Chandler and Eric, Eric was from Beverly Hills, Rex was from, I think, Newport. He, Rex's restaurant was around here at that time but then he also was part of the ritz restaurant that used to be up in fashion island at one mm. time too but um we got busboy jobs there at the jolly roger i, I was a dishwasher um there was a, a lady there named mary old japanese lady that was the the cook she taught me how to cook and then they moved me into um busboying And then from Busboy, they moved me into Host, and that's when it was, like, game on. Because these girls would come in, and they'd say, So, what do you do here in Hawaii? (laughs) (laughs) And I'd say, Oh, my God, you girls wait until I get off, and I'll take you around. In the bus, we'll drive down uh, on the other side of the island, we'll go past Crouching Lion. we'll get out to Kui Lima, and then we'll hang out at sunset, and then we'll look at Pipeline, and then I'll show oh you Haleiwa, and then we'll drive the bus all the way back into town, because on this side there, Makaha, but nobody went out there, no. you know, But and you get into Waikiki again, but you go out to Hawaii Kai and Kahala and all yeah. that, so it was uh, unbelievable. Because you did that for three years. Yeah, you pulled the little cord, and you would think, and all the girls, oh, we're at Hanama Bay now. And you go, yeah, walk down. You hungry? Yeah, I'm starved. And they'd buy you lunch, and you just <laughs> show them around.
0: You're like a chaperone. You're That's little, right, yeah. but
2: we're the same age. I mean, yeah. They were yeah. just like, yeah, all right. Yeah. Local boy. Yeah, local boy. It was like Mowgli, you know, out in the jungle with all these, you know, Tri- it was, Hot tourists. Tri- it was a tri- <laughs> tri- And yeah. then the moms and dads would say, um, Do you want to join us for dinner? And yeah. they'd say, Oh, yeah. That was killer. <laughs> <laughs> and there was no play on the kids, on yeah. the girls. We were just, you know, being like innocent like go, beach fun. boys, yeah. you know? And, beach and you were boys what, 18? 17, 18, 18? 19, okay. 20.
1: Yeah. So you worked restaurants the whole time you were there? Yeah. And then I saw that.
2: There was a friend of mine that was cutting hair, and I sat in this place for about an hour, I think, and I just went, I'm, i got to do cut hair. Huh. And I had no idea where I would go to school in Hawaii. And I didn't have any idea once I got back to the mainland where to go. But um, I asked my mom if she knew any places. And she'd go, well, let's look up in the, you know, beauty Yellow. school. And she found pages? one on Colorado or Brand Boulevard in Glendale. And I said,
3: perfect.
0: That's a barber school, right? Or you or yeah, were, like, beauty school. Beauty school. Beauty school.
1: Yes, so cosmetology. you were at the tail end of your three years in Hawaii? Yeah. And you're like, okay, I, I need to figure out some kind of career. Somewhat, yeah. And you're like, okay, I better.
2: I better bolt. And, yeah. And do something else. Okay. And so when I got back to the mainland, I I actually went down to the school, applied there, and they accept me, and I started, but at that time, it, you you go from eight to five, and it's fifteen hundred hours, I believe. So I, I wanted to finish up that fifteen hundred hours like that, so I never missed a day. Yeah, I went every day, every day, five days out. It's like it. going to school. It was it's going to school. Yeah. you learn how to cut hair, you learn how to roll perms, and you highlight hair and all all of it, and manicure, pedicures, and things like that. What and
1: a trippy thing to fall into. Yeah, was well, creative,
2: and back then, um, you just you like touching ladies' hairs. Yeah. <laughs> Back then there was not another another service oriented thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. I did the restaurant thing and that was a gas and then, you know, I thought what can I do now that I could, you know, take anywhere, create and yeah. and yeah, take anywhere. So I also wanted to work while I was in school. So 8 to 5 I would get off work at 5 and run to Central Boulevard where the Glendale Galleria was and I used to flip crepes at the magic pan. Wow. So you watch the pans go around and heat up. Then I guess they'd go this way and you take this and you dip it into the crepe sauce and put it back on and then grab the other one and do the same and then take these and scrape them off and let them go around and heat up. I mean it was it was I, I was a crepe maker. <laughs> it was <laughs> the best thing ever. Ever. So, hairstyling the-
1: school by day, crepe maker by night. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: And um, just getting used to being in the mainland again. Yeah. Which was... Again,
1: Culture shock, huh? It, well, it were you was, bummed? And, or were you stoked? Oh, no, I was you- stoked.
2: You were yeah. stoked to be back. And, you know, there's one th- part that I left out that will tie this whole story together is the reason I went to Hawaii is I was looking for warm water. Yeah. I was done being freezing ass cold yeah. all the time in the mainland. It was freezing. It sucked if you could even afford
0: one. And yeah. yeah.
2: So we took off and got to Hawaii. And once I got there, I said I found warm water. But little did I know it, it evolved into whatever I do from here on out, it has to feel like warm water. So when I got back to the mainland, I had that same like feeling I go beauty schools bitch and I meet tons of chicks and tons... Of, I mean I'm this is the best thing and then restaurants here Wait did,
1: did that movie shampoo come out and that big was time. it and shampoo <laughs> happened <laughs>
2: <laughs> You I mean <laughs> I, mean, I high five you across this microphone right there, and that's exactly <laughs> that's, it and Yes sir and yeah. all of it yeah, yeah. And So that you know, was American a little bit American of a came out at that time where, yeah. where So was, those
1: were your inspirations big time breeze. how big funny time. Sounds
2: crazy, but it was. Yeah, it was, and then
1: you went Warren Beatty. Yeah, hairstylist. Yeah, look at this guy. Yeah, good looking. He's getting some action. Yep. Yeah, I could do this. I could
3: do this. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I could do this. So yeah, that is hilarious. Good old days. And then from there, I moved to <laughs> Newport Beach. After I graduated, took my test up in LA. It's on Sunset Boulevard. And they make you go through all sorts of different things, but it—it it was, um, I think, about three or four hours in this building doing hair.
3: Yeah.
2: So to get it, certified and get your certificate. Yeah, or and we got our license, and <clears> then <throat> I said, okay, I'm coming back down there to Newport Beach, and that's when I went to work at Richard Woollett's. It's a hair salon in Fashion Island. And why did you pick Newport? Um, my brother was down here my sister lived at, at 18th street at the point and on the boardwalk there it was a place where there was surf too i mean i liked newport yeah and um newport was just starting to come into its own then too you know where yeah. it really it was cool little restaurants were popping up there was a Whole grip of kids here in Newport, and I thought if I'm going to cut here, I may as well cut it in a town where I could paddle around. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah. Have a good time. It's, too.
0: A, it's a good location for all of that, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: right. I mean, talk about suburbia, right? Yeah, but man, oh man, if that's when after, gosh, it must have been a year. I was an assistant to the styling director. We were making eighty-nine dollars a month, and um, I mean a week every week, and so eighty-nine dollars a week. And I was paying that money in my house at CDM. My rent was one hundred and twenty. The total rent was four fifty. I mean, it was it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah, you know, I had the best time, and that felt like warm water again. Okay, so, yeah. Are you so, live
1: with three, two other dudes yeah shit it was be- even
2: better there yeah. was there was never a moment when there wasn't 15 girls there <laughs> <laughs> it was ridiculous
0: can you do my hair yeah can you i cut? sure can can we uh-huh. do this can we do that yeah it was,
2: yeah, it was awesome sometimes so how long did that well hair i still cut hair i'm still licensed but um Maui & Sons came about in, in the 1980. Okay. And that's when um, I cut down from five days to four days. And then the next year I cut down to like three days. And then the year after I just said I couldn't do it anymore.
1: So going back to it, Maui and Sons was a cookie company first. Yeah. And like who had the idea? Like your grandma or... No,
2: it was me. I, and I, I still have the book that I drew up and wrote and what I was going to do and how I was going to do it and I have still about 15 other ideas besides the ideas that I have here (laughs) I mean it it just never stops and not to sound you know conceited or that we're so good but once, once you do something that you enjoy doing and not that if you're successful or good at it as long as it's something that feels like warm water then you're not actually working wow. yeah yeah you know? yeah when
0: you're when you're you <clears throat> it's not work when you're when it's your passion you know it's yeah. more of a hobby but you know it's rewarding it's rewarding yeah. Yeah. but you gotta make the, the
1: warm water is is rewarding yeah yeah so you thought of how did how did it all come out come about Maui the name Maui and Sons the cookie well, idea yeah that's a good question the uh, the thing that
2: took place during that time was that there's a group major population in 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 right in the meat of the market mm. and that major population was a group called the baby boomers okay and the baby boomers took us through the 80s where anything that you've developed or created that would appeal to the baby boomers you would you would actually um have a really good opportunity or a really good chance for success
1: mm-hmm. and now
2: was it famous amos that sparked your inspiration for that one or famous amos was just coming on at that time. okay and um there was an it, no, it was it was famous Amos. That was the one that I remember seeing in L.A. Um, at that time. But the the main thing was is is when you're working in a hair salon and you're meeting all the moms and all the moms, I found out their husband's name and what he did. I of found
0: course. out. Yeah, that's what they they come to. The con- yeah. you know, it's like talk. yeah.
1: And I you found can get out in serious trouble. Right? How many?
0: <laughs> I've, I found out how many
2: kids they had, and I found out their name. Networking and yes, They're it networking. was a thing that we didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. but
1: we just—it's like a bedside manner for hair, when hair you're making
2: eighty-nine dollars a week. You have to get a little creative <laughs> of how you could get some tips. Yeah, Yeah. So I learned how to do berets. Yeah, French berets were just coming in. Beau Derek was running down the oh, beach shit, with yeah. your, you know Ten. beads in and hair and then, and then, the par- the moms would come in and they would be maybe 15, 20 minutes yeah. early. And so I knew, hi Mrs. Smith, how are you? What's going on? You know, I got your coffee. It's it's fresh brewed and I know you took a little cream. I actually went down to the store and I brought you know half and half because. I know you don't like the powder one, but it's on me. And you know, you just yeah. talk yeah. to service. Yeah. service. Service, service with yeah. a smile. Service with yeah. a smile. Yeah, you're, you're providing a, you're s-
0: a service, but at the same time, you're you're working for tips. That you know. Yeah. 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 And I'd but it's also shampoo. like specializing.
1: You know, like you're you're building uh, a rapport with these people. And that's well. exactly what customers. We're, still exactly. Yeah. Yeah. we're still doing. We're still doing. just It's a simplest form of adding on. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
2: Just Being a personal. little thing around the island with on the bus was the start of that whole warm water
0: yeah. thing. But you know? But you're you're not just giving them something, you're getting something out of it too. Absolutely. Like you know, so it's reciprocal, you're kinda like shooting the shit, hanging out. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I bet you know, this this your your older sister was a, a Girl Scout cookie, you know, salesman. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. you, you kinda knew the Maybe business.
2: Maybe there there was some influence might have been there
1: too. <laughs> So So, so you're a hairstylist, you're building your network, how'd the cookie come up? Well, the cookie was before the Maui and Sons thing.
2: Mm -hmm. So it was mainly because we wanted to do something that was going to um, fit in the market that was coming forward. And that's how I look at everything that I do, even now to this day. What's coming forward? Well, everybody's talking 2020. Everybody on the tip of their tongue says sustainability. Um, Everybody is talking about being part of the solution instead of part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, We've been talking about that for 14 years and we're showing now examples and we're showing now actual proof of concepts, and we're showing now um, continuation of the things that we've found success with, and now we are sitting in a position by design to be able to be the next new little groove in this world that's fallen apart yeah. at the seams from the surf market that you mentioned, Oak Tree Capital owning Billabong and, her, and Quicksilver. Hurley being sold to another big conglomerate Yeah, I don't know what's going to take place there but I do know that the accounts that are depending on Hurley Quicksilver Ruka, Volcom uh, Quicksilver are saying we need something Yeah, that's new yeah. we need it maybe at a different price point not low but not extremely high. We need More something specialty. that actually has a name that will work in the market. And we're finding that the name Mucho Aloha will work in the market. Yeah. We're finding that we're having four or five people calling us, not a day, but throughout the week, asking us what we're doing now. Yeah. And so that, that little thing that I saw with Renee Zellweger, yeah. Um. Thank you for coming here, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think, <laughs>
1: no. Hey, we gotta stay on track here.
2: What? How, how did the cookie thing come up? <laughs> how did it come up? Well, it was because we we wanted to, again. We thought it was going to be the next thing. Okay. And we also think that it's going to be the next thing right now. Hand done things from whiskey to making. You know. Marijuana yeah. or doing yeah. whatever, yeah, it's become very popular, and yeah. everybody has their little style of how they make things. If I take Yoki Shop now and develop just Yoki Shop shops, they will have the Grandma Maui Hawaiian style cookies in there, and it will be a a cookie bar, and we'll serve up milk inside chawans, and we will actually have the triple triple chocolate. <laughs> Haleakalau cookie cooked in a cupcake pan, <laughs> and then you turn them over, you poke the hole in there, and you pour the hot chocolate in there until it starts overflowing. And that is also served in a chow with a scoop of, you know, maybe coconut ice cream, you know, something to give you. You're making it, me hungry. Wow. <laughs> these things, and why will it work? How old are your kids? Uh four, eleven and sixteen. How about that? Yeah. Four, eleven and sixteen yeah. would love to have a Grandma Maui Hawaiian style cookies yeah. Absolutely. like they did back in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. These women had kids and they were from a baby boom generation, so there was the major population was sitting right in front of us just like Yeah. It's sitting here now, twenty years later. Yeah. Because you were a product of the baby boomer kid. And you bought Quicksilver, Billabong, Hurley, Ruka, Ruka wasn't around, Volcom, Town and Country, Maui and Sons, and all of that is now just tilted here. And now warm water is going to happen in 2020 because of the opportunity. Of the demographics that are here, so whatever you build here, like if we did Yoki shop stores in in the North Shore, a sm- it would be this size, but we'd have onigades, stuff with chicken teriyaki, maybe, and then just five dollar onigatis that are fresh inside metal containers with the pl- uh, the the wax paper, <laughs> and they're all set up and. Th- and that, the word itself means to connect. And that's all that people want to do. Yeah, We'd right. also have chili rice, because back in the day, that was all that we could afford and eat. And it was colder than shit. After you get out of the water, you down chili rice? Oh, brah. Well, <laughs> ramen, ramen is that thing right now. Yeah, yeah, But if we do in 2020, and I'm not revealing any secrets here, but in saimin you used to get at all the little shops in hawaii all the drive-through ones yeah, yeah. you know what's that one on on kapahulu it's it's the famous one over there but they'd serve saimin at three in the morning yeah, and it's yeah. just in a paper cup thing and it's good to and you got the kamaboko in there and maybe some bamboo but it was <laughs> a lighter lighter yeah. broth yeah it's clear. It's see through. It's not the ramen run that's happened already. Yeah. yeah. It's Saimin's the next. And it's certain Saimin noodles that are different. Yeah. And once you hit that formula,
0: your kids will go,
2: let's go yeah. get Saimin, daddy. Come on. I'm in. I'm in.
0: Yeah. They, uh, it seems like, I mean, with, we always talk about like the power of social media and, and just the, mar- you know, the way things are marketed today, You yeah. know, you know, it comes back to that more connection to the product, to the place, having that more community-driven, so yeah. more specialty.
1: More down-home. More down-home yeah. stuff, yeah. Yeah. you yeah. know? Because that,
0: everything got too big. Yeah, yeah. everything's gotten
1: too Kay. big. So go back. Cookie. Cookie, right? you, Didn't you work out. Who, who were you, how did you come up with Maui & Sons? It was going to be Grandma
2: Maui, Hawaiian-style cookies. And after we burnt that cookie, I I put a tray in, and I didn't know even how to make the mixture. But then we put them in the oven, and the oven cooked it because it was probably on 550 instead of 350. And all of a sudden, we just said, this is not going to (laughs) happen. We just said, this is not, I'm not that, I'm not there. Yeah. But by doing that exercise, it, it, didn't guarantee me that I'd be better at making clothes, but it was a thing that I was into, anyways, without even knowing. Being around hair and fashion, the haircuts were all here at Bob Blank. There at Vadel Sassoon, precision cutting. Norma Kamali had shoulder pads out here. I knew that Judith Lieber had belts like this. I know when, what's his name? Richard Gere was in American Gigolo, he had Armani suits that he laid down. I know Pat Riley combed his hair back like yeah. this and he was one of the first to wear a suit on the basketball court and his players were magic and, and, and just Dream. I mean, everything was going. Yeah. Everything's going right now. Even though everybody is saying the market's just jacked and it's not doing to what it used to be and it's you know, it's not there's nothing exciting. Give it six months and you'll start seeing that even our little conversation is going to be inspiring and and elevating and creative
0: to a bunch of people
2: that have been just sitting there going,
0: what are we fucking doing now? Why am I working for the man? Why am I putting these hours in? Why am I sitting on the 405 for three hours? And and quality of nice and happiness, quality of life and and happiness... Is gonna outweigh chasing the, the, yeah. you know? yeah, yeah. so, the bell, yeah. You know, I agree. It's ringing
1: the bell. So, the 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 fashion salon and cutting hair. Not does that fashion salon? Yeah, it's a, it was the
2: salon S- that was fully S- fashion. S- we so couldn't wear Levi's or any jeans in there. But when Calvin Klein came out and Brooke Shields wore those, and she goes, "The only thing between me and my Calvin's is me." I mean, yeah, you're just nothing like, good. Nothing comes, comes between, between me, me and my Calvin's. Calvins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, Thank you. So you you got
1: <laughs> into fashion, yeah. More and more, because you were kind of immersed you're, in it. You're involved
2: for sure. We were involved, yeah.
1: And then oh. hello. Hey, Pierce. Where, you? Hey, hey, Piers. You what, what, where oh, were no you the other day?
2: I, I got sidetracked. I knew you did. You. You. How are you? Good. am Just dropping off some things Thank
1: you. Thank you. Sorry, guys. It's all good. So so you you. you, you you decided you were going to make cookies. Yeah. You decided alone?
2: Later. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah, but there were... There were um, A couple other
1: guys or... No,
2: I was at my... Rick... Family Rick, or... Rick, Rick couldn't even make eggs in them. I mean... Oh, not, you were living with him then, yeah, right? Yeah, we were living okay. with the, uh, uh, the Steve artist. and Rick. And um, it was it was just a time where we thought, you know what, we got to do something. Just like every... One something was thinking. Yeah. We didn't have all the pressure that these new millennial kids have. um, But I got to say, that is part of the problem, you know, our social media thing. Oh, yeah. But the other part of the problem is, is that us baby boomers, we made sure that these kids got everything they were asking for. They didn't even have to ask for it, and we would give it to them. Mm-hmm. So, me
0: going back to my days is that we you had to earn it; you had to we, work for it. Yeah, you had to earn yeah. it and work for it. But so. it, but in in hindsight, that would allow you to take more risk because you're like, you know, I have nothing else to lose. That's right. You know, and when you could, when you're, you know, you're not scared to fail is when you actually start to succeed. And yeah, I yeah. mean, just learning. Yeah, learning something like the cookie and it didn't work out. You're like. All right. Well, so your first batch. Ex- I'm gonna make some others.
2: This is exactly what it was. Yeah. And we, you, know, we, you know, you know, you learn not quickly, but you learn to the point where you go, hmm. I'm um, just like when you're surfing. Yeah. You take it, and you could feel that release. And once it snaps and release, you could go. I could do that shit again. But if it doesn't release, and you do it over, and you 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 high side and you land and you land and you land like in linen the gutters, you, you, yeah, <laughs> you know, and then you just go shit. I gotta try something else. So yeah, maybe your approach is different. Maybe even if you zig instead of zagging, or yeah. maybe if you draw it out a little bit further and you hit further down, and it's you know maybe peaking here, but it's it's just yeah. ready to, to slant here, and you're. I'm going for that area yeah. instead, you know it's just it's just making up the things that work for you right, and yeah. because they don't all work for everybody just because it works for you right you, right. you build your own little gig and um. We didn't know. I mean, seriously. There was no talks about building our own little gig and figuring it out and being like superstar yeah. garmento did, dudes. Did you yeah.
0: ha- have any friends that like, mm. had silkscreen business? Did you even know Dan how to Flecky. make a Dan Flecky. So we'd okay. knock
2: on his door and go, hey, Danny, can you help us? And so, then,
1: hold on.
0: So the
1: cookie thing didn't work, right? Did not. Didn't work. And then and you were living with Rick. And you're, you're like, we could do something with your art. That was a good...
2: Good observation there, but no, I said, I'm going to do um, plaid Madras, madras shorts. shorts. And why? Um, because they were completely opposite from the market. And I remember plaid, bleeding plaid Madras back in the day when the Beach Boys wore bleeding plaid Madras shirts. Okay. And I thought, Thou- those are just bitching. Yeah. yeah. Are- they also wore blue. And white stripe, stripes, yeah. vertical striped yeah. woven shirts that were popovers. So we had that in our line. And, you know, there's just things that I saw as growing up um, that were just... Iconic. Reminiscence of what I saw and what I thought was iconic. Cool, yep. cool
0: styling that you're like, yeah. Yeah, cool
2: styling. And we had poplin' pants, and we had plain T-shirts with this little pink, blue, green, and yellow in element shapes. Yeah. Nobody had elements, and we didn't know what the hell elements were. We just made them because it was it was the look of the cookie that we wanted. Yeah. And I, little <laughs> did I know, I picked a circle to be pink, and that represent the sun. The triangle was the peak of a mountain, That and it was green, that would represent land. The blue was a rectangle, and that represent water, and then the yellow was a square, and that represent life. Wow! So it, it yeah yeah right yeah and so the cookie turned into so many things from that one mistake. So who came
1: up with all those things? I did. You did. Yeah. You came up with the circle, the because it's all very and the
2: writing and the capital M A U I and then it's just like when Stussy drew out S T U S S Y, it was his name and it was just Maui and Sons was. I wanted to do something that it sounded like it's been around for a long time, yeah. And like my dad started it, you know. And so I said, "Well, I'll be part of the Sons, okay?" Yeah. But little did it, I know, Maui and Sons, also other people thought it was S-U-N, not S-O-N. Right. And it, it just yeah, you never know yeah. what's going to happen. The
0: interpretation so, and and so you're creating your own like history without really. Right. Yeah. You're
2: filling warm water yeah, every yeah. step of the way. And then Rick said, uh, and I knew Rick from Glendale High School. I went to school with him, and he was the best artist in the world back then. I was yeah. like, oh,
3: shit. Okay. How do you
2: say his name? Rit- Ritveld? Ritveld. Ritveld, okay. Yeah. And so I asked him, hey, man, can you do a short, uh, a picture of a lady submerged in water up to her thigh with her hands like this and giving us a look like hey i got something and shorts that were flying out from behind her in plaid and in solid shorts and he goes oh yeah like this and he just started drawing and that was all of it was in perspective and you would have just went you would have shit your pants you would have just went
1: that was oh your my first God. idea yeah. for a graphic yeah okay
2: and then there was a f- the first ad was a half page in Surfer of just the drawing of the short. Okay,
1: before we even talk about <laughs> advertising, so what you wanted to start a clothing brand. You said, I'm going to start a clothing brand. Mm-hmm. And you started, and, and your first ideas of product was the Madras shorts. Yeah. And the shirts. And a t shirt. And a t shirt. A t shirt. And then. Luckily, Only you, those you live with this things. guy who's yeah. one of your best friends, right? Amazing, uh, amazing who artist, who t- turns out to be an amazing artist. How long did it take for you to, hmm. you know what I mean? Like, what was the first thing that happened after the cookie? We, crumbled? we, we put we, yeah the
2: cookie crumbled
1: then, right. <laughs> we put we put um, a t-shirt
2: into into Hobie Sports, and um, that like I said that. T-shirt and the short, they sold in three days, and that was twelve. So that going back
1: to the story, you went and got that Indian material, yeah, and made some shorts and and a T-shirt. Right yeah. away, you you went and sold it to Hobie and on consignment.
2: Yeah, now I didn't know what consignment meant. Yeah, he said put it in here and, and if it sells, we'll yeah. pay you. Yeah. So I said okay, good and. He called back in three days and said, we sold all of them. Can you bring all that you have? And I said, well, I also put some in Newport Surfing Sport, and Paul Stan says he wants all of them, all of my <laughs> inventory. And RB goes, you're not going to give it to him, are you? And I go, well, he kind of, like, wants to pay me for it. <laughs> well, I'll pay you, too. I'll pay you, just bring some over here. So he brought some over. Uh, we took some over to Hobie because we lived in CDM on Dahlia Street. I rode my bike over there and <laughs> dropped them off. I wrote out an invoice. that He goes, you don't need that or I need that, but you won't need it because here's your money. You're good. And I go, yeah, I'm good. Okay. I rode my bike to Gina's, grabbed the pizza and went <laughs> back to my house. And then Paul was like calling on the phone, left messages at our house, and I said, okay. So I took a box of them down there, and Ed from Wahoos was working there, and he opened up the box, and by the time he opened up the box, three-quarters of them were gone. People buying them? People buying them right Right out of the box. Yeah, and Paul was... Newport Surf and Sport, right there next to Russell, down there. And Paul Heusenstan is the guy I bought my first surfboard from, the Russell surfboard that I had um, years ago. And I watched him and what he wore. And he had these little shorts with three buttons on them, which I should make right now. But they had this influence of those, those fabrics, there were little cotton shorts with wooden buttons on them, and they were so short and so, like, low, he wrote, his like, his pubes were showing. I mean, he was, it was hilarious. But the Russell surfboards was insane. Tim Pony was shaping there. Um, Stucy was shaping there. Um, what's the other? There was four or five other. John Van Orden would surf for them. There was... Junior Beck was surfing. It, it, it was absurd. The You're talent. Just, and then you'd see them out at 56th Street and Junior Beck was the first guy I saw doing a carving 360 and I was like, oh, fuck, wow. okay. I was, <laughs> David Nueva was cruising around at that time and it, 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 he was always hanging with Joe Avila and they were always doing, you know, they go Scooby-Doo's and it, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was a time that was you could never, ever, replace it. Yeah. There was no, pi- yeah, pictures. There's yeah. no video. There yeah. was no... It was uh, raw. Newport, Seashore was a two-way street. It was during the summer, dead stop with cars, doors open, music playing yeah, and uh, in. every house was, it was a raging. Party. Every single one. Yeah. The only way you could get around it was like Fourth of July. You ride your bike into the war zone and you just go lights out. Yeah. You'd see all these kids that you know. I mean, even yeah. DK Gothard you know, Preston and yeah, all of them. Yeah, all of them.
0: Amazing. How much? How much fabric? You, your your India source. How much were you able to like product? Were you able to make? We had a that thousand pressure.
2: yards, and we'd make. Since it was narrow goods, we only made about three hundred and some shorts, oh, and they were that's gone good. instantly. And then we. so that 1980? You said. Yeah. Okay. We kind of looked at it. In three months, we did about thirty thousand dollars. In six months, we're up to about three hundred thousand dollars. Because what we did, we filled it in with T-shirts. Yeah. And we just.
1: Yeah, the T-shirts were probably. The easiest, fastest turning thing.
2: Easy. Yeah. yeah. We, and we didn't have to wait for more Madras fabric. We did. We started getting more in as we went, but we found solid cotton ones. We put stripes down them. We made them real short, elastic waistband shorts with an inner brief in them and the big Maui and Sons patch on the butt,
0: on the back pocket. Where were you sourcing your fat? Were you going to like LA, LA. or? Yeah. LA. Yeah and I still go to LA. Yeah. So 1980
1: you you launched in two stores basically, right? And within a week, two weeks you you had a success story pretty much, right?
2: Success because we sold whatever amount we, of whatever shorts. We made. yeah, but, and we didn't know <laughs> we we didn't
0: know business think, plan. You just like, no, let's just make we didn't we know can. if it right. was
2: a success or not. We just know that it felt like warm water, and people were buying it. And we just, I'd still ride my bike over and see RB and RB and look at me and go, I need more. And then we opened up um, Fashion Island, which was at ease, and at ease blew it off the rack. I mean, wow. it, was, it wasn't even... I mean, Paul was blowing it off the rack, but th- these Different guys volume. up in Fashion Island yeah. just they hit the fashion,
0: they hit the give mainstream. Give me more, give
2: me more, and we're
1: like, oh shoot! But so you but, you said you did like three thousand dollars to. It was about
2: thirty thousand. We did. I remember that number for some odd reason, and then I remember uh, three hundred, and then I remember three million. <laughs> and then I remembered like eight million.
3: <laughs> and I was
2: like, Oh shit. And we're you know, at at twenty eight years old, twenty nine and I was
1: like I, I just How long did it take you to get to eight million? Oh gosh, it was maybe three
2: years, wow, maybe. wow. Back exploding. then, we we had no idea. Again. Yeah, and who did
0: you, and who did you partner up with? Like just your buddy. He gave me
2: thirty five hundred dollars. Yeah, and I gave uh, Rick? made no Steve, Steve, Steve Preston, and I made him a thirty five percent owner of the company for thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah. I, I said, give me your money. He goes, I ain't giving you my money. And I go, give me my money, your money, <laughs> and I'll turn, you have 35% of my company. He goes, I don't want 35% of your company. And I go, you you can't be asking for more. And he goes, no, I don't want any part of it. And I said, well, give me your money and I'll make you 35% partner. And he gave me the money and then we... Took off. Used that to do a variety of things but I think it was mainly t-shirts yeah
1: so incredible
2: so cool yeah pretty crazy yeah yeah but and it's going to happen again yeah right here but just There's
0: being like because at decade. that time there. what was like the rival brands like Town of Country was pretty big you know yeah. Quicksilver was Quicksilver. just coming out Gotcha Gotcha was gotcha. Co- just there
1: Stussy was
2: out but not yeah Stussy was like what we are today yeah just like back yeah but Stussy was, was the the real deal. I thought, for sure. Yeah.
1: But at one point in time, I, it felt like Maui and Sons was as big as any brand out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. right. OP Maui and Sons, and Jimmy Z. Like the the yeah. way I, the country those were all the brands I, I wore. Is like Body called.
2: Club grew up too. Yeah. in in South Bay. Yeah,
1: the way the way that I kind of remember the hierarchy of of brands, right? Like. At first it was OP and Lightning Bolt, mm-hmm. right? Lightning Bolt. Those Gold those two brands were like I, oh, I'm not shit. as old as you guys. I don't remember that. Brand. Shut, shut shut your mouth and we'll talk to you. <laughs> um, we had those brands, right? And then and then Quicksilver and then Billabong and Gotcha and Malian Sons was like right in that right mix. Right in that mix. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: It's impressive. You know, mm. it's a
1: funny part because um
2: I know Bob and and, and Michael Thompson, uh, Bob McKnight? Bob McKnight. Okay. and um, we we all didn't know exactly what the what it was the market you know and so um, we sat in the lifestyle area of it without knowing and Quicksilver sat in board shorts and Gotchas sat in more of um, like Michael Thompson and you know they were they were creative but it wasn't it was it was just a harder co- edge. Quicksilver was more like s-
0: sir, sharp. and. Yeah. shorts.
2: We were lifestyle fun. Yeah. Pink, blue, green, and yellow. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They were more edgy. And then Jimmy was definitely edgy with some of the things that they did with um, oh god. They, I think even at that time um, Jimmy Z's? Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Z's was really Vince Klein um. They they just had a more of a Malibu run yeah. of guys, yeah. which were different yeah. altogether, you know. And then Body Club was more South Bay, and then
1: Body Club never to me was cool. They, they no, it wasn't.
2: It wasn't really. That. It was
1: like kind of goofy, neon-y and like hokey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. They kinda it seemed like they, they tried too hard and, and then they gave up and licensed everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's what I where, where Malian Sons, man, it was like it was a cool thank you brand that I, I mean my well, very said first more
0: lifestyle and more more like on trend, you know? Like yeah. yeah it was definitely Yeah. yeah. And what we,
2: you know, the funny thing is is I've um I I um, look back at that time, and it's it was forty years ago when I started that brand. Wow, that's so crazy. So um, <laughs> this would be a 40th year anniversary, and I know if I did a collaboration with and Sons, um I don't think it would be a collaboration. I think what it would be is is to go in and um, have a 40th year anniversary yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, that'd be sort. amazing. Yeah, I think it would be. Yeah, I, I do, and I would probably spin it in the repurpose way. Right, I'd take some of the old and mix it with some of the yeah. new, and just one, 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 one. Yeah,
1: you know. So, yeah. so. so you got it humming it's up got to brain, eight humming. eight million within a what two or three years? Yeah, a few years. Yeah, and then. What happened? Um, because you were making everything, and you were globally distributed.
2: Yeah, right? we were we were uh, in Italy, UK, Australia. Luke Egan's mom and dad was our our um, distributor. Distributor. Dad wow! So, how funny. Um, yeah. Uh, in Hawaii, we had um, a gal named Tevis, and Tevis used to be the sales rep for Fila and, um, but she was best friends with the Mancadas, and the Mancadas did Quicksilver. And down in Texas, we had a gal named Pat D'Artez, which is, um, D'Artez, she, her daughter used to work at Quicksilver, but then they opened a store down here in Laguna. And her name is Dana D'Artez. And she's, she's so stylish, just like her mom, but Pat D'Artez was, she handled all of Texas. She Mm -hmm. killed it, killed it. And then in the East we had, um, who was that? There was, there was a really tall dude named Shrimp, but he was friends with, what was the other tall surfer? West Lane? West Lane. West Lane. West Lane. Yeah, they were really good friends, and Wes was writing for Quicksilver at the time. And yeah. There was another kid named Shrimp, but he was like six eight. He was actually taller and bigger. Wow! <laughs> and then in Florida, we had another rep that everybody knew, and, and then it, uh, it was it was just yeah crazy good. I bet good.
0: It, the brand blew up in Florida with all those bright colors. They loved oh, it over yeah. there. They were nuts. And then Puerto Rico was Puerto huge. Rican. So,
1: you must have been, like, in
0: awe and, like,
1: wonderment and surprise as you're going through this, right? Being a kid from Glendale with no college degree with a hairstyling certificate, (laughs) right? That that got into fashion and was going to start making Maui and Sons fucking cookies. Right. But the cookie crumbled and And you said... Yet, we're going to make T-shirts and Madras shorts. Yeah. And fast forward three years later, you're at a multi-million dollar Maui & Sons brand. And those, those were
2: truly, truly good, great years. And then the next three years was truly good. And we built it to maybe close to um, 20 mil. Yeah. And then um, what you ask what happened. And um, one... I got too full of myself, and two, um, I thought I could walk on water, and three, the market was shifting. So this, uh, this I hold really dear this next 10 years because I know right in here, this is where everyone, at least for me, I know that this is where we're going to have Major success, but we're going to be able to understand that now. Back when you're 24, 25, 26,
0: you're just running. Yeah, you're you're not worried about it. You're just we're invincible. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you're You're
1: like, I could put shit and put Mallion Sons on it.
0: Yeah, and it'll sell.
1: That's
2: exactly right. We, We thought that. Um, and I always go back to my skateboarding days. I remember the first time when I was riding down. Shoal Canyon it was just a steep hill and I wasn't bonsaiing it but I was going back and forth back and forth and then I had to straighten because a car was coming up and when I straightened I went oh shit I can't make this backside turn to slow down and I just I kept on going and speed wobbles is exactly what happened to us at Malley and Sunset we got speed wobbles and when I felt those speed wobbles I said I'm out This doesn't feel like warm water anymore. It's starting to feel like speed waddle wobbles, where I would do a boy George and just splatter all over a garage sale and just yard sale it. And um, so, did you did you have
1: investors and and all that? Did you take? No, I had a line of
2: credit from a bank called Mitsui Manufacturer Bank up in L.A.
1: Did did you um, pay off? Steve, 35 percent of the company. Yeah, yeah. Or 35 percent. He still it. kept it. Yeah, he still he had, it. had it. Okay.
2: Yeah. yeah, but I, I, um, he brought in a licensee from, um, from L- UK, London, and that licensee talked Steve into being, um, getting me out and put putting him in. And they knew I was, uh, was not going for this anymore because I just didn't like the way Steve was or the, even Rick was um, in cahoots with that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that was another area where I, uh, you know, I've, I've never really talked about it, but that was an area that I, I've learned um, that, that that kind of business happens all over the place always yeah
0: all the time money money and success change people and And you know i
2: said this doesn't feel like warm water and I i just basically said thank you very much i paid off all every everything that i because we had leases we had surfers we had contracts with magazines we had the line of credit line of credit was over what
1: what year was that when you said you wanted to pull out um 87 okay. somewhere around there so seven years with yeah. with malian science and that's what i'm saying it's
2: it it it's going to be the repeat and i'm not trying to say hey i know no it's not that i'm saying that i just know that yeah. that there's going to be good opportunity for everybody um going forward yeah and um the market's going to shift in a way where um, creatives are more valuable than they have been in the past. Yeah. Back in the '80s, creatives were everything, but nobody knew that. Yeah. yeah. This just coming forward, creative people are going to be very, very um,
1: indispensable. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to look for them. Yeah. Because you can't yeah. find it.
2: I I used to be really fast on my computer and copying and paces and doing every tech pack from Illustrator to to, to Photoshop, but for 15 years, I, d- I don't even know the command keys anymore. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I haven't. I said I'm designing different, making different, and selling different 14 years ago. Yeah. And again, not to reiterate what I saw last night, but thank you again for Inviting me Inviting back. us back. Yeah. I haven't been to a Waterman's Ball, not because I... Well, because one, I, one, I, have, I haven't been invited. Yeah. And two, I, even if I was invited, I didn't have much in common with all those people. Yeah, because yeah. Because they did what their version would be for the surf market. I'm doing my version over here of what I thought the surf market is. Yeah and now going forward not that I think there should be an award banquet of any sort but I think there should be someone looking at more of The creative part of this this industry. Well, you just hold
0: tight because that's something that we're working (laughs) on. We're going to do our own award award show. We don't know what it is yet. (laughs) We don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna start someday. Twenty twenty one, baby. Best eh? best board short of twenty twenty. You know, best logo, best. We we got we got a top ten list that we're creating. Uh, Yeah, we've been talking about that. Yeah. So, Marion Sons,
1: you kick out in eighty seven. How how was that kick out? Did you? Make any money
2: no did you i I made tons of money throughout the time that I was there um spent a lot of it um but all I wanted to do was get out yeah yeah so I had enough and um that's when i i remember there was a surfer that what we sponsored his name was Mark Bellinger, yeah, and Mark was. 14 When I started sponsoring him, and as he got older, he was like, Um, do you want to do something together? And I said, Sure.
1: So he came to you,
2: yeah, okay, yeah. How old is he? He was in his teens still, but he was, I don't think he was well, maybe he was 20 something, 21. Young, yeah, he was young, yeah, and he ambitious. Was, he said, You know what would you do now? And I said, well, I want to do something completely opposite. And um, I didn't want to do anything with pink, blue, green, and yellow. I didn't want to do any illustrations. I didn't want to do anything that was, you know, Kamaina and Shakapra and, you know. And so that's when we, again, noticed that the things that I was doing and the things that he was doing sort of merged together. He was into GBH and and, um, into... Exploited and... uh, Yeah, and Social D and into... Punk rock. Punk rock and he was into... You know, a minor threat, and just everywhere he'd go, he was smoking his clothes, and he was driving a Ford Falcon, and the radio, I'm just a minor threat. And he he looked like Cavella Deville, or whatever her name was, you know, in in 101 Dalmatians. And (laughs) I I looked at him and I said, Dude, you surf just as, as you listen to your music. He was lying at Honaleley it was just insane he was like tiniest guy out there mm-hmm. and and Titus would look at him and go you can't paddle out there and and he goes yeah watch me and he was like chattering back and forth to him and I was like
1: the Titus Kilimaka
2: yeah I go don't talk to him dude <laughs> and we'd pull up and Mike Garrett would be in the car with me mm. and Titus uh, would pull up behind us and Mike Garrett would get out because he knew him and he'd go yeah we're just here checking out you know cannons or we're, you know the bay and he was like you guys get out of here but then Bellinger would go out on a 6-4 and just drop into these monster he was from Salt Creek? yeah yeah and um, his hands would be up in the air and he would laughing and I would be sitting in the channel just going <laughs> fuck you know just like yeah. and um you know but it, it, he said what let's do something and i said okay and i always wore flannel shirts back then and so i made a an acid wash flannel shirt and i washed them and he brought them back from the wash house acid wash he opened it up and the fumes just came out and we're like, fuck, okay. And we're pulling them out and they're all wrinkled and holes in them. Yeah. I go, oh, fuck, Burnham. we gotta separate the holes into this to that. And I took took only all the good ones and we Santa Claused them up to Aaron Pye. And I dropped them on the floor and Aaron goes, Yogi, what do you got now? And I go, this is the new line called Pirate Surf. And Aaron looked at it and he froze. He pulled them out, and within the minute we pulled them out, the employees there started to go, I want one.
1: I want, yeah. one, I want this one, I want this I'm one, I want this one. I'm pretty sure I was there.
2: I yeah. think you were. Yeah. And Aaron, I dropped them off, and I left, and Aaron called me that night, and he goes, I forgot what he said, but it was to the extent of... I need a thousand of these.
0: I, I sold them all. <laughs>
2: He was your you, first call. You are in. You are on to something again. And I said, "Oh my God, so warm waters happening again." And he called me and he goes, "Give me as many as you can." And a matter of fact, there was a few of them in in the bag that had holes in them. the The employees want the ones with the holes. Yeah. I said, "Well, fuck. We got we a got whole more. bag of them here <laughs> because we burned them." We, did the same thing, dropped them off, and yeah. he he sold out of them. And we did about a million bucks of Pirate Surf flannels, acid wash flannels in the first year. Wow. Yeah.
1: So, well, who, who came up with the name Pirate Surf? I did. You did? I
2: had a house in Cabo San Lucas at that time okay. in Petrogal, overlooking the whole marina. And we heard stories that they used to shoot their cannonballs up into the mountains, mountainsides, and there were a bunch of pirates down there, and we we're like, Hmm. and then i did the cow skull yeah with the patch on it and i thought
1: was there uh crossbones underneath it too swords yeah,
2: yeah. oh swords yeah. that's right yeah. yeah and we actually Cal- went like a friend of mine got the the name back and this was one of the pirate surf original yeah. with the snake and uh, little i
0: remember this is i mean when you I don't know if you sold to Quicksilver or they were distributing for you guys or whatever. I I don't know what, how it worked out for you, but I just remember I was sponsored by Quicksilver and I was going into the warehouse and I'm like, "What's that stuff?" Want, no, I I'm like, "I want to. Can I get all the Pirate Surf stuff?" And they're like, "No, you're right for Quicksilver." And I'm yeah. like, "No, I want." And and the guys would you know, would slide a few pieces out, but yeah, I, I remember like it was. So know, we sold to Quicksilver. Killer in, name, in the 90s. killer logo,
2: but we saw. Kurt Cobain wear one of our flannels, and that was it. It just took off. Took off. Yeah. And then Quicksilver bought us because I was cutting Danny Quack's hair <laughs> in my in my house now because we didn't have an office. My, ha- my house was the office, and Bellinger was always there, and it was it was another best time. Yeah. Best time for. That certain amount of time, and then when we sold to Quicksilver, Bellinger made a bunch of money because he was my fifty-fifty partner. And how old um,
1: was he? In his twenties, maybe, in like his early twenties. Yeah.
2: Wow. Okay. And um, he got into drugs, and oh. he's no longer alive. Yeah. Uh, I died, didn't know that. Yeah. He when died did he at pass? thirty-five or something like that.
1: Oh, ah. Yeah. Gnarly. Gnarly.
2: Yeah the sweetest guy in the world it drugs sucks, are bad man. okay Drugs are bad so i learned another thing about big business but i also learned another thing about that the, the, that drugs is the worst thing ever and yeah. seriously it is the worst it takes, thing it takes ever.
0: you over to, yeah it consumes you and changes you and ruins you
2: but was, was big he? business um, Quicksilver bought us because, and I don't talk much about this, either, yeah. but they bought us so that they could take us out of the market, That's because we we're killing them. Yeah, yeah. And then, the first year that they bought us, they did twenty million in, alone in one body. It was the Quicksilver overhead. They called it. Yeah, we, yeah. Overhead, Larry. Had, overhead. We, yeah. we had we had with
0: the different the hood colors. On our, Pocket, you know, um, yeah. flaps and the different colored sleeves or plaids mm-hmm. you know, they're mixed matching. And we worked at Surfer Sport and <laughs> tagging a, a shit ton of those. Yeah. We so Pirate Cut. Surf came out with that first.
2: Yeah,
1: that was our they, with with the with the hood. Okay, yeah. and then Quicksilver took over on it. Yeah. Okay.
2: They when they they came into our warehouse, they saw our sweat our flannel shirt acid washed, and then they saw the hood that we put on them. And they Shaheen Shideki went back to his little camp, and they made as many as they could, and they sold them for four dollars less than ours. Even though they did that, we did about four million of our flannels at Pirate Surf. Wow. And because everybody wanted Pirate Surf, but yeah. the mainstream from the other side of the the 405 had no idea what Pirate Surf was. No. They yeah. knew Quicksilver, and they just yeah, and then
1: after that's insane. That year, you guys
0: created that flannel. Uh, <laughs> it was amazing.
1: That's insane. It's amazing.
0: I had, I mean, like again, I I, wrote for, I had probably ten of those in my closet. Yeah, like, it's all I wore.
1: Yeah, Slater
2: used to come over. Um, every one of their team writers would come over to our spot. We had a little. No, it wasn't even a quarter pipe it was just a little ramp that this went up and we'd skate on the smooth surface of the, of the of the warehouse that we were in and then we also had a, a a rail slide but it was a um you know when you pull your car up it stops your car at a certain yeah. spot the, and so we had one of those in there and it it was it it, it was the year that keone downing because we sponsored him he won the eddie and keone won fifty thousand dollars or something like that and i had a poster of it he signed it i had kelly slater poster uh, of and he was like surfing for quicksilver and he was like okay i want to come over here and i go homie (laughs) <laughs> you stick with them, man, dude. And Larry Rios wanted to surf for us, and, yeah. and that's a name and, I haven't heard in a long time, Larry right? Rios. I mean, there were so many kids that were like over. Uh, Andy Hexall was a snowboarder, and Sean Palmer was a snowboarder, and and uh, Matty Goodman was
1: snowboarders. Yeah, you were. I mean, you were you the had, first um, edgy, new school. Surf brand. Yeah, it was before Volcom. And, and, Way before Volcom. Yeah, and you had like you—you you kind of pioneered that punk rock yeah. look. Yeah, you know what I mean. you, yeah, that, you were like
0: Vol- you, Volcom. Took, the guest drew, drew, establishment. You know, took a lot of a lot of what you guys were doing for sure. Yeah, and Willie Willie
2: um, used to answer phones for us. Yeah, you know, Malian Sons years <laughs> years ago before that. You know, there's just so many people in the industry that we've a part of the family tree, yeah, acquaintance yeah and going through all this so but you know that's that's that was Pirate Surf I mean shit yeah. it was and bring uh, it back <laughs> I, I my friend has the marks and he asked me to do them and I did it and we, yeah it it did really well in here at least and um, I don't know where he sold it. I think he went to Jack's and maybe San Diego's and maybe Mitch's and I, maybe I think that li- was it. Last
1: year, or the year before, about two years, two back. years ago, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But that was that was another little fun thing. And so you sold it to Quicksilver mm-hmm. for a good amount. To mm-hmm. make some good money, maybe enough. Yeah. Okay. And I then mean, <laughs> for a years worth of being
2: in business, basically, yeah, they they. Um, but they got it so cheap. Yeah. And they, you look back at you look it, back at it. Just yeah. Go,
1: it's ridiculous. They could never. They 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 bought you after year three or year four. Year two, I think. Okay. Three, right in that area. And you were there for two years.
2: Um, after. Just about that. Okay. Maybe a year and a half. But she, the way they they got rid of us, they said um, we're closing your division, and. You guys, we don't need your services anymore. We said you're closing the division, and you don't need our service. Was that Bob? who did you? Who? It was Shaheen. Shaheen. Yeah. I didn't know he worked for Quicksilver. He was the president at Quicksilver. Shaheen
1: owns
0: Shadeki, yeah. The all the and yeah. Lab and all that. He
1: worked. He was the president of Quicksilver. I never knew that.
0: Did and you? I said, I, I, rem- I remember him. Like I remember. Wow, but I don't that is a trip. Well, these are these are all things that um,
2: not necessarily I've ever opened up to.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. So, yeah. I mean, this is you're hearing you're hearing co- things, and that, that this that is, is industry just, gold right here. Yeah.
2: Well, it's I I think there's a lot of um, truth that's going to come out into 2020
1: yeah. twenty twenty. Yeah. Also. So. So he made an executive decision. McKnight did but McKnight was out of town
2: like he was always out of town yeah and and Shaheen Sadecki I said to him I go you know what you have no idea where we are in the marketplace and he goes that doesn't matter we're just closing your division I go well you you have no idea who we have contracts with you have no idea what what writers we have and what we have under those contracts with the writers yeah, I think had
0: Juan Ashton from Puerto Rico too yeah yeah. yeah. and there's so many
2: things ads and then I just said you know what that's okay we're out yeah and we walked out got in my car drove back to pick up my poster of Keone Downing and Kelly Slater and the locks were changed oh <gasps> so you could imagine what it was like with three kids at that time. Was it wife. out of the
1: blue too? Just yeah. boom one day? Yeah.
2: No. They didn't like the fact that um, we were getting all the notoriety. <laughs> yeah. Even though they were doing tons of sales, everybody was like yourself and yeah. like Slates and like everybody. I mean, everybody. All all the surfers, all uh, the girls all, all of them would go to our section of the trade show in the booth they would all sit and drink out of the kegs and mean, yeah. they, they would they would like yeah fuck this yeah. is it yeah and yeah. quicksilver was like fuck yeah. we're flipping the bill for this yeah yeah so as soon as they it's, bought it's, us they sold us. space yeah they took the
0: they took the fun out of you know, what's funny the is fun, the fun out of it should the fun out of fun. I mean that's what it should have been. Like yeah. what, what's funny is they were
1: always trying to crank out something different and new all the time, right? Like they were always trying to start brands.
0: Yeah. Remember
1: they started Gen X or 70 X or X 70. Or yeah. And then Gen X and then, gosh, what else was there? But here they are with the golden goose which was pirate surf that was already proving itself mm-hmm. and yeah. they just dis- they dissolved it because they didn't want you to overshadow them yeah but here they are trying to come up with some other lame shit that can never yeah. get off the ground never could
2: get off the ground right yeah, yeah. what a trip because they didn't they no didn't.
0: authenticity they just would try to chase the trend and, and copy it you know but yeah i mean that's essentially what Q. everybody does yeah cute Cute.
1: Yeah. And they and Quicksilver Silver edition. Silver edition. All the stuff that they kept trying because to Because it, it all came
2: from that demographic. They they kept on getting older and they kept on thinking that all their customers were going to follow them into this. They yeah. never thought about the, the young customers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Cause staying the,
0: relevant is the hardest part.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, being authentic too. I mean like I mean there's a lot of like I said, people that just chase a trend and they could ride that, that coattail, you know, a lot longer back in the day. And now it's like trends it's quick. It's so quick. Yeah. That, you know with you know if you're printing T shirts it's one thing, but once you get into cut and sew and, and you have a, a timeline and, and the overhead and the, 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 the overhead <laughs> and the timeline. Well, that's what that's yeah.
2: where we're at with um, Mucho aloha. Yeah. It's not the next line that comes after Pirate Surf, but it was modern amusement. Yeah. And modern amusement was exactly right on again. Good timing of yeah, what was mid century modern. Yeah. Everybody had post and
1: beam homes that they were looking at. They had What was the uh, inspiration? So so give us a timeline. Pirate Surf was done in ninety in the
2: nineties.
1: Okay. Yeah. You, you, you quit you Dissolved It?
2: Four. I worked at Stussy. 95, 96, they were grooming me to get Stucy's spot. I thought I couldn't do that. And so I said, I'm going to do your own modern right. amusement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So were you just... Did you feel like you couldn't fill the shoes and... and expectations I could I could I could do it I I knew I could I mean yeah we conf- all
0: did you confide in like Sean did you oh, say totally. like yeah I like hey to Sean every day so and him and I he was were just cool?
2: he 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 didn't care because yeah. he already got paid out yeah. Yeah. yeah and he. he was like you know I'm done and um I said well <laughs> I mean I know how to do what he was doing because I was so close to where you know what he was talking about you you guys have
1: similar tastes similar
2: tastes but you know his his is is inner city is mine is still on the coast yeah Yeah. you know and I could I could adapt to the inner city I knew exactly what size backpacks we needed to do and what color they needed to be and what type of things needed to go inside the backpack yeah and we knew that there was technical things coming on, but we knew that sport was really coming on from polo. Mm-hmm. And so we emulated some of the things from sport, but we emulated some of the things from um, other other designers. Uh, Comte des Garçon was one of them. Yoji was a bit of that but Yogi was more of the attitude and then the bands and the things that Sean listened to were totally different than any of the shit that anybody else was he was listening to Bob Marley and yeah, everybody was but he was truly listening to Bob Marley Yeah, you know, years it and years and years and he had little and, ragamuffin yeah. dudes and yeah. he had, you know he was just freaking worldly global yeah. He had run DMC. He drew sneakers of shell toe Adidas. He was he was like, fuck, and he would do it in in ten minutes. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I was straining to do this and trying to figure out. He
0: was whipping him out. He was just he yeah, was like concept. this. Guy. He was
1: fucking good. He, he still is. He could literally put a shit and put Stussy on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: He just did a collaboration with Dior. Yeah. And, I saw that. Um to me that was just the start of the creative from Couture finally looking for creative. Yeah. It didn't matter where it comes from. Yeah. It just is a creative. And Sean Susie is a creative. Yeah. He's I think he's a bit older than I am, but not by much. But um, he's also one of those guys that not necessarily thanking anybody for bringing him back in or introducing him or showing him or talking to him but it comes a point in time where in every person's career where it seems like um, you just want to pat on the back once yeah. in a while. That's all.
1: Yeah, Yeah. You know,
2: I don't need anybody to give me a trophy or anything. I just, you know, it's just nice to get Somebody giving you a pat on the back. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well deserved though. I yeah. mean, so you worked at Susie for about two, a year and a half. Year and a half, yeah. and then you—they're you, grooming you to take over as creative director. Yeah, and I felt
2: that I wasn't. Not that I wasn't qualified, but I just felt that I wasn't.
0: Wasn't your calling? Yeah, you know. Yeah, you just felt
2: it wasn't as strong as I I should have been in a position like that. Yeah. Now, if somebody was asking me now, um, yeah, I would go in there and run shit. Yeah, (laughs) fucking run shit and get a (laughs) fucking paycheck at the same time. I watch. I watch that brand. Do the same things over and over that Sean did, and that's good, but they need something new.
1: Yeah, yeah. You hear that, Frank? Yeah, David. Mm. (laughs) I don't want. I don't want to.
2: Yeah, name any names, but yeah, Yeah. I know what you're saying.
1: So, so then came Modern Amusement. Yeah. Okay. And And, and what?
0: Who was your partners with that, or did you just start solo? Mm, yeah pretty much solo yeah
2: and modern amusement i first started it out as a kid's line and i had a shop down on Lido island that i opened up and i noticed that mid-century modern was happening yeah and i noticed that swapping was really big again back in trend um, what was that
1: set swapping swapping
2: yeah um that means swap meets okay um going flea markets. Wives, yeah. you know, like neighbors. Swapping. Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping in. Yeah, no, Rose it, Bowl. It, it was more Rose Long Bowl, Beach. Long Beach, yeah. Yeah. Pasadena, yeah, yeah. and um, Santa Monica. And I noticed that um, the women were starting to fix up their homes and they needed furniture. And and noticed Shabby Chic was mm. starting to happen and noticed that a bunch of other brand names um, from... Architects to to furniture makers to different mid-century modern designers yeah. were, were you know Noguchi lamps and uh, Eichler homes and, yeah. and uh, yeah on and on and on and when I looked at that and we used modern amusement um, we couldn't have been in a better spot everything was a modern amusement to me it made yeah and whatever it was i was like oh yeah that's a modern amusement but what we did we did kid stuff and we did furniture um from swap meets so i'd go on swap meet saturdays and sundays and then on monday we'd have a line out the door for people coming in waiting for me to open my doors so that they could be first crack at old seascapes or landscapes paintings that were oil paintings on canvases that I'd find at the swap meet. I'd find old pillows that you know had um, floral bark cloth on it and I'd find crackly peely paint furniture and um, actually just peel off more of the paint and, and it, they would pay full retail for these things. <laughs> I'd start educating myself on different chairs, um, you know, all the different chairs. And then I would also look at the retro feeling for the kids. And we would sell hooded sweatshirts, hooded long sleeve tees, little girl baby doll dresses, blankets. Collecting stuff. Yeah, just so much stuff. And it was a store filled with cool shit. Yeah, Yeah. it was just like,
0: oh my God. But stuff that you wouldn't find in every other store at the same time. Pretty much what we're looking at here.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar to this aesthetic. And then we opened up a store in the lab. When the lab opened up. And we had... um, How could you? How could I? (laughs) Shahin Shideki came and talked to me about... (laughs) Four hours every single day. you got to open it up. We'll give you the best deal and do this. And I said okay. Um, and we opened up the modern amusement store up there. And for one year, we had a one-year contract. And um, we felt that we we're a guinea pig, and we said, "There's no way we're. You're going to run lab tests on me. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a joke." Yeah. Um, he didn't have anything from what he said he was going to have in there. Within there that year, no oh, we're anchors. getting this and this yeah. coming in. And yeah. Yeah. Um, he, to be cool, he thought to stay open until 10 and just allow people to sit in the foyer area and everybody is in there smoking dirts. and. Um, then he had Sublime show up one day, and we had all all the stores had to lock the doors because Sublime was in the middle of the foyer. Sublime? Sublime. They set up, and it was bitching to say them yeah. because the lead singer was still alive, and yeah. it was fucking crazy, but not on my nobody, dime. Yeah, I mean, it nobody was, was shopping. Like, my, no, our yeah. shop was, was demolished. Dumb, <laughs> people were on there, and the whole. It, it was a tornado that went around through that whole center yeah. of the air, and we're like oh my god what are you doing Yeah, what are you doing yeah. he was experimenting yeah. Yeah. he didn't know what it was supposed to sound like look like smell like taste like anything Yeah, nothing so no offense to Shaheen I, he, he's done his thing and he's doing it and he's doing it his way and, and more power to him but we left there and um, Modern amusement was a blast. We, we um, then switched it over to a men's line, and um, we, di- we sold only to Tokyo and, and Osaka, and we f- forgot about the United States. We didn't sell any. We had our little store where we sold things, but it was... Um, Is that when you moved it to 17th Street? Yeah. Okay. We were up there on 17th Street, and that was that was our little store, and we were able to do all sorts of different little one-off things in there, way before the one-off like kind of craze was happening. But in Tokyo, what we had two distributors, one in Osaka, one in Tokyo. We would send them all our tech packs and all our designs. Along that, we'd send it to our factory in in China. The two distributors were approve 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 of the 30-40 piece line they would pick out what they wanted they would send the LC, set up an LC with the factory and have the factory send them the first strike off the first samples the production samples they would send me the production samples I didn't have to pay for any of the production of it of their order they would pay for that then they would send the deposit deposit. to do the production and they would send me 50% over here and we didn't touch it at all. That's beautiful. And they would sell out for five seasons in a row, five years in a row. We built it to about five million bucks and it was the best kept secret in the whole fucking world. It was like whoa. What are we doing here? What yeah.
0: what was a distribution like in Japan? They own stores or like other stores at Probably back like then the Japan
2: was just humming. humming. Yeah. They yeah. wanted new. They wanted uh, modern amusement. They I have books of of, of there, some those black books right there are filled with the editorials and all we're in every publication over yeah. there. We had yeah. we had backpacks and bags we had jackets we had down puffer jackets before anyb- and we had a full on line 2000 yeah. in year 2000 I think it was somewhere around there so when did you start selling it to like HSS uh, that's when we we noticed that, that it was slowing down in Japan so we brought it back and I had no distribution whatsoever so I'd called Moss and Moss bought it from us and set up distribution because he had distribution here in the United States and mm-hmm. he had funding and I didn't want to use it. And I just said, I'm out here, take it, do it. I worked with them for six months, maybe a little bit longer and then, I, then John Moore was there and I was just like, what are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? Yeah, it
0: was bitching because yeah, a Little Kept Secret was going mainstream.
2: Yeah, Moss, Moss just opened up everybody, and we just sort of went, I went, okay, you, you just spent $10 million to sell $10 million. Yeah. I mean, there was nothing, there was no business. It was just, I have the money, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Just, mm. just a lame move. But he did it. And then well, after a year or so, he just. Said, um, the market's different, Yoki. And I said, Yeah. Could have told you that. But he did it and and then he said, Well, I'm I'm out and then he licensed it to PAC and PAC couldn't do anything because nobody was going into pack Sunware anymore yeah. and nobody's going into Tilly's even. I mean, it was just
1: yeah. completely dropped off. So Remember when I started talking to you about uh, opening up a store? Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, where were where were you then? With just in Japan? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because um, we met like I mean we were that close to me opening up a modern amusement store in Huntington Beach. Remember that? Because yeah. we. I wanted to one. open it up in uh, Mark Nakashima's that old building on Fifth Street. Yeah. Remember we, we I think you and I and Fuzzy might have went there and checked it out. You are like, dude, if you can get this, this would be insane. Yeah, but yeah. I didn't I didn't have any finances. Um, but you know what? It, uh, but you know, I, I that, turned you I turned Ryan Condor on
2: right right. And he opened the one in L.A. Yeah, Ryan he, Condor, uh, it, I think he still owns, but it's a different name.
1: It's called South Willard now. South Willard. Yeah, yeah. and he's sells art. Yeah, he... he,
2: (laughs) But you know, he's... He's another guy way before his time yeah y- you're a guy way before your time you hear know that I-, I don't know you you're, you're <laughs> i'm just i'm
0: just in the time i'm living in the moment <laughs> he's not way before yeah.
1: his time he's never on time just like today
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just i'm just flying in my my own my, own, my, own, my how,
1: own beat how funny is that like right well yeah. he and sean yano ran on yano a in that's Kapahulu. right yeah yeah how long did yano have a modern amusement three four years that's so crazy yeah. and same thing with Condor; it was a good long yeah, he, run he
2: wailed yeah he killed it and that's what i want to do now going forward i want to work with surfers and yeah. i want to do small little things with yeah. them you know i i would love to um i'd love to do something with kai lenny and i'd love to do something with john john and that'd then, be insane you know, I'd love to do somebody who's the Brazilian surf I think' any writer right now wants to do
1: something. yeah the guy yeah. that just won
2: yeah yeah <laughs> you know and I just want to, because not that they don't have a future they have a huge future yeah but I don't know what they're going to do after their sponsor drops them in years from now yeah yeah you know and they're like yeah, we saved up enough money, but gosh darn it, all this whole time, they could be promoting their own line. Yeah. Yes. You know, so we think Mucho Aloha is that line that we introduced to the surfers around the world, and each one of them has their territory, and they each one of them has a position in Mucho Aloha in that's, that country. Mm-hmm. And they're the best in the surfers in the world right now, yeah. and we just do small little, like, Mucho and <laughs> yeah. I mean Yeah, it's capsule not,
0: collections for that specific area. Yeah. yeah.
2: And we do it out of things that are being discarded down in, in Brazil. And we pull it all out. And I look at the colors. And I look at the fabrics. And I look at the people. And we get sewers and we make things. And we just go, this is our little gig. Yeah. And, you know, it's simple. And, it, and we can't pay them. But they don't need to get paid. They yeah. just need to be part of something that is doing good. Yeah,
0: and made made locally. You and know, we're made. not
2: we're not going away anytime soon. Yeah, and, and by design we set this up this way, so that not that I was waiting for 2020, but I just needed to wait until the the whole market would catch up and start start feeling. What they felt when they first time when they saw the Beatles. What they felt like when they saw the eighties. What they felt like when they they're going into twenty twenty. Yeah. I mean every year, every day of those years, new decades are are going to create so much opportunity for yeah. the people that are in there, that are that have. Smiles <laughs> on their face. Yeah. yeah. There's no more. I mean, I just saw it on that Golden Globe, and I don't want to keep going. But the, the, the MC, he just says, This oh. is not a platform for you fucking bitches to yes. get up here and start yelling and, and telling yeah. everybody your point of view. It was the most amazing politi- o- opening. It was fucking great. He,
0: I got to watch, he watch it.
1: Dude, I didn't see Got to watch it.
0: Because it called them out. It has Hypocrites. all.
2: To do yeah. with what you guys are known for doing, I mean, Brad Pitt, fuck, it was awesome to see him. He was, he took, he, he stood up there and he was like, he held on to that freaking award, like it was his first award again, yeah. and his feeling. Because of all the shit, I don't know what he did with Jolie, Anjali Jolie. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the other little blonde hair girl that was in that. <laughs> yeah. I, but I know life has not been just perfect. Yeah. But that moment, it happened yeah. at, in 2020, yeah. five days into it. These people... And and Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks hasn't had a bad day. I mean, he's like, <laughs> like he
1: since Buzz Buddies. Oh, that was
2: that was the best thing. I was, shit, but yeah. it it I'm just but all these other no, oh, and I don't want to say I don't even want to go there. No, we know what you
0: mean, though. Yeah. you know, like yeah, it's a breath of fresh air. Yeah. Right? It's about
1: time. It's about time. Yeah.
2: It's about time people recognize the creatives. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Because it's not about
1: product or mass produced product. It's politics. about the creatives. Yeah. It's
2: not about that.
1: Yeah.
2: And let it let them fight and struggle over whatever and let them have whatever they yeah. uh, here going forward. It's about what you're saying. It's about People buy not what you do. they buy why you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing what we're doing? I mean I made lots of money in this one little gap here. yeah. this I haven't made I, take on a project 14 years ago, rolling up a, a, a giant rock uphill and not take a paycheck where's on your psyche. Yeah. I gotta let you guys know. It's for sure. But you stand stand for something. Yeah. And stand up straight and believe in what you do, that is what's going to make the difference. And so when they they write whatever they write on my tombstone, they're I think they're going to say, you know, um he believed in it what was doing yeah yeah he created and his own he, path and he found warm in. water yeah yeah warm, warm water. multiple times
0: yeah well thank you <laughs> yes thank you yeah i mean yeah this this day and age you know there's a lot of hollowness out there you know that that's portrayed but i've, I've you know like there's a lot of substance and culture and there's people looking to to gravitate towards stuff yeah. you know not just what's happening cool in the mainstream or a cool product. You know, it's like my kid, you know, my 16-year-old, they they love going to the thrift store. They love being a little bit more unique. She gets vans and she markers them up and draws on them. You know, like the kids, you know, there's creative creativity yeah. out there and amongst these kids. That's and it's right. not just, you know, I'm sticking to, you know, social media and I just want to copy everybody else. Like, you know, there's a big part of that happening, but there's a lot of kids that are looking to Diversify, yeah, to have a little bit more substance and be connected with something that they think is is cool or you know identifies with them, yeah, yeah. You got you got a cool this is like a museum. So if if anybody's listening, please come stop by, come
1: check out, yeah, Yoki shop on PCH next to what's the the closest.
0: This is a time capsule. In here. Is it Pelican? Yeah. And that's it. that's Pelican? Rusty Pelican. Or Larson Riverside Shipyard. Yard. Larson <laughs> Shipyard. Yeah. No affiliation, but, you know, maybe. <laughs> so, so
1: we're talking, what were we talking, Modern Amusement? Modern
0: yeah. Amusement.
1: Okay. And you Fossy sold Mo. it to us. And then you were there for six months, a year? Six months, and then split. Resigned. Resigned.
2: Came home. And I said, my wife looked at me and she goes, what are you doing home so so, so early? And I, so I told her I, I resigned. She goes, oh, no. <laughs> and I said, no, don't, wor- don't worry. We're going to start something of our own. And um, she goes, you've always started something on your own. <laughs> what do you have in mind? And I said, well, I want my daughter. She was 15 at the time. To have a summer project and we're going to have her come up with a name and come up with the idea of what we're going to do. So, no pressure. Yeah. Only
0: dad's had a, a, a handful of these yeah. really huge success stories, but yeah, throw it at your daughter. She can handle it. <laughs> she, she came
2: down and said uh, that um, she wants to make something out of something that is Is already here. Yes. And then she said, I want to use the name. um, Family name? Youth, something to do with the youth market. And what I've noticed the youth market is um, they don't want a label. They're basically generic. And I said, generic youth how about generic youth (laughs) so she said that's the name Wow. and I said well what's your icon, what is your logo and she goes I don't know and I said okay so let's make a t-shirt and what do you want to put on it and she goes I want to put fashionista on it fashionista and I go where do you want to sell it she goes. I want to sell it at Patsy's hair salon, and I said, "Why do you want to sell it there?" She goes, "Because that's where all the ladies are. That's where the market is. All of the, all of them. Yeah. They're all there." Back to the salon, and I went, "Oh my gosh! Yeah, that probably is true." So we put twelve shirts in there, and um, they sold out in a week. <laughs> So Generic Youth was something really special because it started and it did its middle point. And then it, when we sold, that was the final. That was like her final in school. Wow. But it was for, for just the summer. So she didn't do any much more after that. And then I said, well, you, you graduated. I mean, that's, to me, start, middle, and end. And I, you could stick around and we could do more, or we could just, um, I could just do it. So I, I picked it up and started doing it. And Generic Youth is, um, it was, it was bitching because we're, we, we wanted to go across country and meet all the different kids in every little state, city, doing remarkable things. It was a time when kids were being discovered on um, YouTube. You YouTube wasn't around that much, really. It was more of people being discovered on um, what's that song? Facebook? That song. Uh. With Ryan Seacrest, where they oh um, gosh,
1: Ameri- America, Idol. American, Idol?
2: American Idol, American Idol, American Idol, basically did what we wanted to do, but they did it in a bigger way, and it was successful. Yeah, they went to every city, had auditions for people to sing, because everybody said I can sing, but never got a chance to. Well, yep. they gave them a chance to. It didn't matter if you're 12 years old or 15 or yeah. 20 or 25. You had a chance to see if you could compete in this this yeah. whole thing, and that's what generic youth was supposed to be with. Maybe a person blowing glass, or a girl playing a violin, mm-hmm. or a country western guitar player out in Nashville, and that never got a chance to have. So it was called the unknown individual, also. Mm. Finding the unknown individual right now would be a great thing for 2020 But there's too much exposure from all the things that are rapidly shooting up and you are being discovered on YouTube You are being discovered on on The Instagrams and yeah. you got 5,000 likes or whatever it is and you're you're now labeled as a Influencer and you know some but generic youth was as simple as what it was. Yeah. yeah. And then... Um,
0: Sounds like something that could, like, definitely... Still evolve really and, cool. and, and kind of roll with the trends and roll with the, mm-hmm. the next generation, and it, it could be timeless, you know?
2: But I, I took on a partner, and that partner was doing the manufacturing part of it and the financing, and he was kicking ass with his production shop that was up here in Garden Grove area and he was making stuff for Nordstrom's private label and making stuff for Forever 21 private label wow. and he had like huge accounts that he was making tons of stuff for and then one after another each one cancelled cancelled, cancelled, cancelled cancelled because that whole scene
0: like yeah,
2: everybody was like and he had to close two gigantic factories Damn. and lay off everybody. And he goes, I can't do this with you anymore. And I said, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> and wow. so we closed the brand, Generic Youth. Crazy. It's so crazy. And yet, Generic Youth was so special. Yeah. It was unbelievable.
0: It Is was it still there hibernating, though? Like, Or do you think no, it's kind of ran it, its course? No, I... I I know we could do
2: something but um Yoki Shop mm. took its spot. Yeah. I just turned it into Yoki Shop. Yeah. And Yoki Shop is exactly what generic youth would have grown into. Mm. And Yoki Shop is a collection of all the different things that I've done. Um and it, it's hand done, and it's finding the unknown individual, and it is um, presenting things to the market that um, I think is is what's needed. You know, yeah. people want individuality; they want one-offs. They don't mind spending a little bit more for it, and they just can't find it yeah you know you you could find that one off at a thrift store along with 500 other kids that are now don't going to the thrift store yeah but when they they allow me to go to the thrift store this is what we do we find items and we put our little y on it and then this this guy wants us to put a patch on on the cut right here which we will and there's the Y. And here's our name is Yokoyama now, mm-hmm. and um, it's $24, you know. So the girl or the guy could p- probably very easily find a red shirt yeah, with a pocket on it, but it won't have a Y on it, and it won't have a little patch on it, and it won't have the Yoki touch. touch on it. Yeah. Now. So um, we call this the economy-friendly line. Yeah, and in, and in, um, because everything in here is not so high priced, but it's priced accordingly.
0: Yeah, these they're you got priced a seamstress, you got you got overhead, you got customization. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's not just because you put a Y on it it, it. it it deserves to be more expensive. It's it's been touched and handled. It's been yeah, you know yeah, it's been thoughtfully like you know just. And, going you know going back to like your their thrift shop and like just your time on those weekends and going and getting that stuff you know yeah, time mm-hmm. is money like and putting your creative touch to it it's like
1: there's a cost of that yeah. You know? right. yeah It's cool the cool factor um
2: and then there's one other brand that we have in here it's called yoki's garden and yoki's garden is the the premier line in here basically yoki's garden Okay. Yeah. and garden stands for gather abundance repurpose and demonstrate ethos and ethos is a greek word meaning to us doing the right thing and when do we want to do it we want to do it now, now. so g-a-r-d-e-n damn and y- yoki's garden we want to set up in every university across the country because they throw away their football uniforms, basketball uniforms, mm. track uniforms, soccer, lacrosse, whatever. And they're all made by Nike on the front end or uh, Ad- on Armour or Adidas. And they're all trying to be really responsible on the front end. But when it's finished in its original use, they just throw it away. Yeah. And yeah.
0: so well, what's
1: f- kind of... Cool. There's a economic circle there, with Correct. with colleges, and you know I've seen you post um, the stuff we do with USC. Yeah. Right. And that the alumni base, right? For every college, it's it's generations of alumni. Exactly. So it's cool to to kind of where where mm-hmm. in front of the, the front of the machine, like you're saying. Kids use it; they're done with it. Where does it go? Right, yeah. landfills. Yeah. Well, hopefully, some of it you're repurposing and getting it into the hands of alumni that want and 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 you know live for that kind of stuff. That's exactly right. Yeah. And um, we found that there's the
2: the market has eluded the surf market. There's not one kid at USC that's begging for a quicksilver brand right now garment they could find it anywhere yeah so but they, what they can't find is a game-worn uniform that's been applicated onto a shirt yeah and it has the fight on fingers on it and it's right there in front of them yeah. You know, and there's 30,000 kids that are at, enrolled at USC alone that are 18 to 22. Yeah. Quicksilver can't find an 18 to 22-year-old that wants Quicksilver. No offense, but we can find an 18 to 22, 30,000 of them that want something that, say, fight on or cardinal and goal. So if Quicksilver would have taken on this... Re- This responsibility and been rolling the rock up the hill, they would be in the best position I'd hear at 2020. I mentioned this to them years ago. (laughs) Bob McKnight went to USC. (laughs) He graduated from the Marshall School of Business, along with all the other alumni that are down here, which, big time, around the world, it is approximately a million alumni live
1: that live in Orange County? No, just, no, just, just, gone just around them. the world. Around, yeah.
2: yeah, around the world. And they still scream and yell for fight on. Yeah. Cardinal and gold. Yep. So, Bob, I tell him, Bob, you don't have to worry about the colors, you don't have to worry about manufacturing on the front end responsibly. Nike's already done that. You don't have to worry about ever running out of any product to do or a market that's going to not accept a neon green. Yeah. Because we're not gonna make neon green. You yeah. think neon's happening in Florida? Well it's not happening in Brazil. Yeah. I mean, Brazil's not looking at you know what Africa's doing and Africa's not concerned with what Australia but yeah. We as designers have to figure all that out and you you crack the whip every day and saying, "Come on designers, do this." Well, we don't have to worry about changing the colors because they're already approved on the front end. Yeah. yeah. And that happens every year at 250 D1 schools. Wow. And you're wondering why you don't have anybody coming into your Quicksilver stores. You wonder why nobody's coming into your Billabong store. You wonder why nobody walks into your Hurley stores. And, and you wonder why you don't have 30,000 people at Tilly's. Because there's nothing there for them.
3: Yeah.
2: There's 30,000 kids that are there for four years.
1: You have not engaged. That want cardinal and gold. Yeah. And the parents. And the parents.
2: Yeah. So there's so many things that we could do with that alone. So um, not that I'm looking for an investor because it doesn't take money to collect somebody's trash. Yeah. (laughs) And it doesn't take much to try to market it to a company or a school that has 30,000 people there and 70,000 at a football game. And a million alumni, and five thousand new um, incoming freshmen, and five thousand graduating. It doesn't take much marketing. Yeah.
0: But you also have that customer for life because Thank they're you. An alum, you know, they're yeah. an alumni. They're they're that, they're always pride and joy. That's the So you the know best who year. wants those customers for yeah. life?
2: This company. Everybody does.
1: Yeah. Allstate, Levi's. Coke, yeah. Levi's, yeah. So yeah. Chanel. From, from cradle Louis. to grave.
2: So, yeah. you
1: that's the thing yeah. right
2: there. You see why these other companies that sat here and raced to the bottom yeah. will never be able to figure out this formula. And if they do figure it out, they have no opportunity of playing in it in the future because nobody's going to believe them.
1: Yeah. yeah crazy
2: and we you mentioned early on their brand loyalty there's no brand loyalty to any of these brands that are all around no they are to this yeah yeah they are to maybe b of a they are to chanel yeah but they're not to quicksilver billabong hurley ruka volcom yeah not anymore yeah the major population has changed the demographics have changed and if you just follow the demographics of what your own family is presenting to you yeah. we'll be able to be on time yeah we'll be able to make some cool Hear stuff that? I'm on time, <laughs> <laughs> be on time so that's about the extent
1: of our brands i mean we do have mutual aloha but but um now, Mucho Aloha, you're saying there's a hot sauce and a beer, too, right? Correct. Okay, and that's somebody else's that's part of the That's my partner,
2: brain. my ex-partner. We had a company called Pigeon Orange together. Mucho Aloha was just a T-shirt. You might know him, Gabriel Tenberg. He lives in Hawaii. He's in the North Shore now. He's a Kauai boy. yeah. Yeah, he surfs pretty well. He's active in the, in the world of surfing, but his um, son... I forgot his name, but um, he's an up-and-coming. Nice. He's young and he's really good. Mm. Yeah, he surfs with um, God. There's a kid that surfs out in front in Newport. His grandpa always takes him out. Huh. But he's on tour. He was sponsored by Hurley, but probably no more because Hurley sold to some company and. New York City.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Some some company. That's what everybody's talking about. Some yeah. company.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to see all the longtime pros that have been writing for him saying, you know, thank you, Hurley. Yeah. Already, you know, kind of yeah. letting it be known. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, Bob. Yeah. I mean, Are that's you, a whole other you're conversation. With Ruka. I'm with Ruka. Yeah. 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 I've been there for a long, long time. And uh, it's a great brand. They're doing great. I mean, they're, they, they, you know, they've kind of carved their own path. You know, didn't try to copy anybody, and still doing their own thing. You know, not chasing the trends too much as mo- most brands do, kind yeah. of pigeonhole themselves, and you know, we could be, I mean, sized up to a, a you know, an Alex Nose kind of, you know, artsy do-it-yourself DIY type of guy or you could be on a jock or you could be on an older guy like me yeah. or you could be on a you know so they're, they're or a younger guy like me or yeah they're <laughs> you know like like we've talked about it's really hard for brands to stay relevant and, and continue on and you know um, I hope, had a meeting hope with them I got them 10 more
2: years and <laughs> I talked to them a little bit about Mucho Aloha yeah. and um, I think Pat sees the value but yeah. um, overall their company doesn't can't can't budge right now. I no. Know, I yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I think they have a lot on their plate, right? Yeah. yeah. They've got yeah. a a barn full of horses that you know yeah. need to get they trotting. Need to get some exercise. <laughs> they need to get exercise and trotting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's cool. I mean, just going in, you know, me and Linden service all the you know the core shops along the coast, and you know, more often than not, you know, we're, we're we're seeing and hearing from them that they need newness just like you yeah. know they need the the next cycle of brands to come through that identify with that youth culture and you know it's an evolving you know an evolving door and you know there's there's plenty of room for for good brands for good brands and you know the the, the big brands and if they do it right in their marketing and you know the, the athletes and the events and what you know stick to what they're good at and you know mm-hmm. it's, there's room for everybody yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. You know, just yeah. follow your passion. Follow yes. what works.
2: Yes. Make sure there's warm water. Make sure yeah. your warm
0: water. I love warm water. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> oh my god, I so, was
2: going to go out this morning. It was just a little.
0: Have you been surfing a lot still? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, what, you, what, my... what kind of board are you riding right now?
2: It's oh, kind everything of, depends it's on kind the of old, but um, Christian walk made one for me it's a brand called canvas and it's a quad fin Mm. and it's about five six wow and it's it has a step deck on it so there's a little bit more beef but it's shaped like a longboard in the front and squash tail in the back yeah squad and it 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 flies It, it really does that's insane and it's it's sturdy enough for me still at 64 that I could get up and paddle
1: that's beautiful whatever can keep you out there
2: yeah and then I, I'm riding a 5-6 twin fin from god what's the kid's name he's right up in Costa Mesa he's a Newport kid
0: um Tan t- uh, not Tan not Tanner, Um,
2: his friend though. yeah I not it. Tyler Warren no no there's all kinds of guys A younger here. kid and he's I've known him since he was a little guy and I don't know why I'm slipping on his name and then I buy a couple boards from Bob Hurley, Bob Hurley. he's my neighbor sick so <laughs> I saw Bob the, yesterday's morning or his, yeah and I
1: talked to brother Bill and yeah I saw Bill uh, over the weekend out in Southside they were yeah. they were out yeah yeah and you know he he Got
2: really um, more more high performance boards, which I don't need yeah. because I'm not a high performance surfer. But I like getting one just so that if I do go somewhere where I need to really try to put my skills back into place, yeah. like you know, you need a board. I went yeah. I went to Tavarua with Bob and his whole little week. And Bob let me use a six-six channel island that he had. It was a four fin also, and I just I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any fun. On any other board, he he goes just ride it for the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I just so yeah. okay, and it paddled into waves. I and it was not fast big out and in. loose. It fast and just, and just, uh, rock, just, yeah, geez, you could just make a turn, you know, and and yeah. especially on those big big face waves yeah. and then so, we surfed the inside where um, it's a b- bit quicker and but it still worked you know that yeah. that breakfast spot yeah inside Restaurants or restaurants, yeah. yeah.
3: Breakfast
0: spot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking. You know
0: where the fire coral <laughs> oh is about like, like six inches underneath your fins when you're like. trying But to no, turn. no, those
2: guys <laughs> never, never make me go out any when it's dangerous. They know that no. I, you know, I'm just, they, they, I'm
0: fair weather guy. Yeah. You know, make it, make it fun for it. Yeah. 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 That's like Linden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although you been, you've been kind of charging a little bit harder these last <laughs> couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. See. Well, shoot, man. We're at two hours and 45 minutes. That's a long time,
2: fellas. It's a long time. Huh? I hope I didn't bore you to death. No uh, way,
0: man. This stuff is gold. You're officially yeah. the most interesting man in Liverpool. Oh, shoot. Thank you. Bro, like, in, in your history. body of work, like I said Crazy. before.
1: Yeah. You know, you've probably helped push the design, the aesthetic, a lot of things to make the surf culture yeah. industry that much better yeah you know well, what i mean thank you I, you're That'd definitely the nice,
2: that's a very nice thing thank you I, I, well, I think
1: like i said before you're the kevin bacon of the surf industry <laughs> yeah. you, you've you know touched there a is. lot of different um brands and 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 um the people behind it you know you've, yeah, you're yeah. an influence i hate the word influencer but you're an influence to our industry yeah. And it's it's awesome to be able to sit down and tell your story, yeah. you know? Thank you.
0: Yeah. And I mean, to have one success full brand is amazing for anybody, but to do it continually multiple times. and again and again <laughs> and still
1: doing it to this day, it's like, wow. yeah.
0: We wish you the best, man. Yeah. Thank you. So, yeah, Yoki's you. Garden. Yoki's Garden. Yeah. Yoki Shop.
1: Yoki Shop. And then Mucholo. Oh, Yokoyama. So th- again what up. what's the difference y- Yoki's garden is your well Yoki's shop is going to be um
2: the online okay thing Pop-pop. so just yeah and Yoki shop was also good for us when we wanted to test things but we also um, wanted to build a thing like not the real real or preportay or any it, it's just more of Yoki Shop, we think that if we've established Yoki Shop and it's a lifestyle website, then we could like find other brands that are somewhat like-minded and bring them in Mm. to our shop along with our product, but sell their product to the market. We also felt that as we spoke earlier there's there's a guy in Brazil he does Yoki Shop website Yoki Shop Brazil Yeah. so that he gets one-of-a-kind things from me but he also makes one-of-a-kind things in his territory and he sends it to the people that he knows so this guy whoever you mentioned that's the world champion down there he knows 5,000 people that I don't know he knows his city that he lives in or that he surfs in and he knows that he could reach all these people within a 5 minute Instagram or a 5 minute post of something on the website he speaks the language down there I don't so there's Yoki Shop Brazil and he shares all his information with me Yoki Shop USA or Newport Beach because I think we should do Yoki Shop in New York but not a brick and mortar but Yoki Shop NYC and find a guy out there that is running it where he has a hundred thousand people coming to his Instagram alone that he knows that I don't know Mm -hmm. yeah and this is the future of retail in a company called Yoki Shop and then we fill it and we backfill it and we underpin it with brands that we think are unique and interesting but also our own brands you know, and so I would do a run of corduroy. They don't sell to New York because they're more west coast, but then I do a run of wool shirts. They sell in New York and we sell the flannels out here. Brazil wants more ocean related things. We make more little shorts and little windbreakers, and, but not technical because everybody could find technical from Lululemon to Nike to Big Five. yeah, And, we and you're talking about repurposed... All sorts of cool stuff yeah. in every parts of the world and sell it through the Yoki shop and sell it... Because if I sell it to Tokyo and they buy off of my website, then they pay $58 to have it shipped to their, but what I want is this one guy to come work with me, directly we talk and I make a bunch of cool stuff. I come to Tokyo, make a cool bunch of stuff, and then he sells it, but he also has backfill of Mucho Aloha t-shirts, sweatshirts, and caps, mm. and he sells those on a day-to-day, those yeah. are runners. And then he sells to, just to all the cities here. And it's like $10 to his customer. And his website's written in Japanese. And his website is, you know, yeah, and he handles their currency. yeah. And this the same as this. And same with this. And same with yeah. this. And same with this. That's cool. So,
1: it almost reminds me of like how shapers go to different countries and shape a bunch exactly. of boards. Yeah. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. you know, sell that and then sell their stuff that's,
0: you know, made there. They're little t-shirts. Well, that and and style is different. Fits are different all over, you know, Mm -hmm. and you need to identify with, like, I mean, to go have a fit model for that and you're shipping, you know, it it just simplifies everything in a global market, but you're partnering up with locals and doing it more.
2: Partnering up with local surfers or local... Influencers and and people people that are are in in the community. Yeah, Yeah, that know... Because I don't know one person in New York, yeah, and I do get orders from New York, but it would be so bitchin' for this guy out here to just buy it from me at wholesale, put it in here, and as a rep now, if this is a rep, all he has to do is put it online in Yoki shop and they see Yoki Shop here and I say Yoki Shop NYC they go to Yoki Shop NYC and see something totally different there he makes the margins from wholesale to retail not a 6 or 8% commission after the store sells it minus the returns minus everything by the time you guys get your your commission is now down to about 6% because what you actually wrote and they filled, yeah. a half of that has been sent back yeah. as a deduction, a write-down dollars immediately. <laughs> what You're, you're like,
3: well, what the fuck?
2: I just spent <laughs> all that time driving to these things. We just set up a store in Huntington with a website, but we, we can't do that because we're in Newport. But no. that would be... Oh, we can make it work. <laughs> you 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 <laughs> want to move back to Hawaii, you set up the little store, yeah. and you keep your day job. Yeah. But you come home and you look on your website you go, wait, I have 15 fucking orders. Yeah. I got to ship to Kailua, I got to ship to Maui, I got to ship to Kauai, and then, uh, shoot i got to give Yoki a call and say I need to backfill some more mucho aloha teas. (laughs) (laughs) Aloha. That's all it is. And then you buy the tea at wholesale and make the margin from wholesale to retail as if it's your own store, but you're the rep. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Sounds like a great little network. That's what it's going to be. It's just like mary kay or whatever that you know but it's not a chain and it's not a pyramid a pyramid yeah it is your own little business yeah yeah in that territory yeah i could take that business i would love to build that business under yoki shop all by myself but i can't yeah and i don't want to (laughs) Yeah, I'd rather open it up to everybody in this this next term so that y- you could you could feed your three kids and just along with your regular job, you have this other thing going on. Uh, oh, i got 15 more orders. Shit, the, it, LA alone, there's 14 million people that don't even know what Mucho Aloha is and half of them are Hispanic. Yeah. And I sit and I just go yay yay yay.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and Target, we spoke with my friend from Target and they're saying they need a Hispanic piece in their world. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, it's and Walmart needs that, and it and but you just keep your pricing right where it is. We don't you don't need to reduce it. Yeah. yeah. It's at $40. You don't need to give them terms because it's you own this inventory and you put it in and wow it's sold can I get a few more
3: yeah
0: mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can make that work right print money
2: well that's yeah that's what we thought years ago now what it is is just building a small little business on the side yeah with the people the brotherhood yeah the the, the people that you like to do stuff with and people that can actually do it, but also they need the money. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Oh, I don't want to go and sell it to Barney's and then have them close their doors on me. Yeah. I did that already. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it doesn't work. Did not take that PO and put you out of business. Yeah. yeah. Well, Pat McGee's down in Texas. They owed me a hundred thousand dollars, and what was it called? What was his name? Jim Bowman. Jim Bowman. Jim Bowman? He said, Yoki, I, I can't pay you back. And I just went, oh, God. And a million lost $100,000 that day.
0: Crazy, crazy. Because he
2: went into bankruptcy and then he filed and, and he said I could pay you 10 cents on a dollar and here's our plan and yeah. we took 10 cents on a dollar.
0: Well, it sounds like you got a good approach to moving forward and it's, it's inspiring. It's different, you know, it's definitely yeah. eye opening for other people to think differently. Yeah. 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 It's cool. Well, thank you. I'm glad we could do this. Yeah. Yeah. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> long time. Thanks for your time. Yeah. We've been trying to hit you up for a long time, but you know, schedule has been crazy and yeah. travel and life, life, and life, life, it's juggling been... all, all we got on our plates. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, this has well, been
2: let amazing. Let me know if you need anything else on there. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was a a, a cool. And I, you know, I think if you can, and when you do edit, if there's anything where I'm bad mouthing any of these companies, no, oh, yeah, I, I don't want that in there. I don't need to no. say that Quicksilver's, you know.
0: No, I don't think. Uh, yeah,
2: took advantage of us and stuff like that. But you know, just softly. Yeah. You know, just be conscious of it. For That's sure. the only thing that because I don't need them to come back and go, Fucking yoke it, just laid down
3: all <laughs>
0: sorts of shit and it, even though it needs to be told. Yeah. And because Well, it's no secret. I mean it's yeah. all stuff that you know, majority of yeah. people know. But yeah. There's no bad talk. It was just yeah. calling out the obvious. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Right on.
1: We're honest. But I can't believe the body of work that you've Yes. Done, you know. From I'm giving you a, giving you a
0: full round of applause. <laughs> <From> and <Mauian> sons <laughs> that, that that was, was supposed too. to be a
1: cookie, you know. Well, first of all, kid, kid from Glendale, right? Who, who
0: went to Hawaii? Would, hashtag yeasty kid from <laughs> Glendale, wearing his suit all the way back home. No, I'm just kidding. Going
1: to Hawaii, figuring out he wants to be a hairstylist, right? Got inspired by Warren Beatty and shampoo, right? <laughs> that got you to, gave you a little bit of fashion sense. And then we didn't really hear why you wanted to start a cookie company. Maui and Sons was supposed to be a cookie company, right? But the cookie crumbled. And then you started making cool t shirts and clothing. You were roommates with Rick Ritfeld, mm-hmm. right? And luckily, and his. His art and your fashion sense created Maui and Sons, which was one of the most iconic brands in our industry, still around today. Right? Yeah. Um, Pirate Surf, holy shit! That was that was one of the first, you know, brands that was way edgier than any brand out there. Right? Um, From there, you worked at Stussy um started your own line again modern, modern amusement. amusement yeah right and then here we are today with yoki shop right yeah and it's what is it rethink or redesign or what, what was your four design different make different and sell different sell different yeah that's uh jeff yokoyama that's right Right.
0: That's right Thanks
1: for being on the Late Night with Chalky podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Yoki. The first one of 2020. Yes. Yeah. Double shot. And
0: this is is the year of what? 2020 vision. Yeah. (laughs) You got to be able to see where we're going. You got to be able to see where we're going. Don't be late, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Yoki. Thank you, Yoki. Thank you. Peace.